again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is episode 309. Is it nine? nine? I, I was think thinking. Nine. Oh, good. I'm glad that somebody knows what's going on. Of the Mana Pool, and that is uh, the third time that we've done 103 episodes. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty impressive. Take that, Dalmatians. Ha! Ah. <laughs> so, uh,. We're brought to you, as always, by CardShark.com, a better way in, uh, to buy and sell magic online. That just sounds weird. It, well, it's because I've been saying it the other way for six years. That yeah. magic online is also a thing, which is even more confusing. Yeah, that Ooh, too. Maybe I should leave off online. A better way to buy and sell magic cards without having to go to a store. <laughs> Over the internet. Over the web source. The information superhighway. Oh, God. The big truck. <laughs> It's not a truck, Mike. (laughs) Oh, man. Something you can just dump something on. Anyway, right. So, I am Chewy, the lead dork. With me, as always, uh, my family here. Some other dorks. Dorks, sound off. Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler. We got previews. I'm going to talk a lot. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk a lot. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Um, I'm Mike. I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy. And I will try to talk only as much as necessary. Unlike me. And I'm Dirk, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive and moral compass of the group. And and with family somewhere in the background. And I will talk however much I need to at some point. I don't know. <laughs> Brian interjects. Interjection. Yes. There we go. Sustained. I picture like Ace Attorney popping no, no, up that's going, Interjection! <laughs> um, I haven't played any of those games, but John Raymer, uh, that my first exposure to those was that his background on his laptop in law school was always the characters from that sh- saying, Objection! And I'm like, awesome. what is that? So It would drive you crazy as an actual lawyer to play those games. Yeah, yeah. I would probably curse a lot. It'd be like the time I watched The Core with Animal. Just don't do it. So, as you can tell, we are joined by our most frequent guest host, only because Eric fell out of the game. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's it. He fell out of the game. I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, not magic, but the podcasting game is what I mean. Uh, Hey, Bill, say something. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the five-hour set review show. We will be talking about every single card and telling you what you need to know, and then Chewie will upload it two days after the pre-release. <laughs> <laughs> you are damn skippy, sir. Interjection. <laughs> Sustained. So, you know, that is something that I always found funny. Uh, for the uh, one of those sets where the entire – that set where the entire spoiler was dropped early – like it was leaked, and then Wizards said, "Oh yeah," and they officially released it early. Whichever New it was, yeah. New I was to say it, it was in yeah. Mirrodin, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh yeah, right, right. Uh, the the limited resources set review for that still didn't come or get done until right before the pre-release, and so I had to rush. Wait, I don't think I was doing it, but somebody had to rush to get it posted, and I was like, "Really? <laughs> You've had like a week and a half." <laughs> anyway. More than that, yeah. But, so, right, we are going to talk previews, because that's what season it is. Um, Duck season. I don't think there was any news that happened that anyone on this show cares about, and if so, you already read about it or heard it, so we're good. Yay. So, let's, this is not the card image gallery. Here it is, no? There it is, okay. Do you, do you want to start with the tokens, or do you want to start with the card uh, image gallery? We'll do the tokens later. Okay. So, they've revealed some, what? 
I need a link because I'm awful and lazy. Hold on, coming up. I already got it. Oh, I'm going to get there first. Right, except sure you, you didn't. Oh, I got there second. Yeah, you did. And third. <laughs> He's got so, you there. We spent a good chunk of last episode talking about the archetypes and what we thought they might be. And we were... We were right on the white one. But we thought it was going to be red. Well, we... Okay, we weren't right on the white one, but we did throw out First Strike as one of the options for white. Yes. Yes. And we thought that maybe white would be Vigilance, and then red could be First Strike, because Haste would just be stupid. I, I was completely... Like get. <laughs> yeah, I was completely... Against vigilance because that's dumb. Because that's um, dumb. It doesn't work that very well there. with inspired at all. But um, but Donate. vigilance. Not every card in the set has vigilance, and there's a card next to this one that has vigilance. That if Mike calls it bad, I'm gonna just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. But, but that's jumping yet. ahead. Yeah. So yeah, the archetype of courage for one white white is an enchantment creature, human soldier. He's uncommon. He's a two two, and he's an archetype. So creatures you control have first strike. And creatures your opponent's control lose first strike and cannot have or gain first strike. So we have spears on sticks, you know, pokey sticks that are very long. You have bare hands. So (laughs) shut up and get stabbed in the head. You've got a really bad time attacking into my team of first strikers. Yeah. You've got a really bad time defending against my team of first strikers, too. This is just a bad time overall. I, we talked about how the blue one, it's really interesting how the first one they spoiled, the blue one is, almost has to be the strongest, because outside of reach, it means all your stuff is unblockable and you can block all their stuff. But this is not quite as, oh, you know, I win, but it makes combat math so hard. Well, that's why it only costs three instead of six. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's still good. All the other good white three drops. It's, it's still really good. And this helps, you know, you think about guys with death touch, other sorts of things. This helps out a lot. So, yeah. Ah. Ding. So, really good. Really yep. good. Yep. Yep. So good uncommon. Every, every, all casual players, pack your disenchants and naturalizes. You're going to need it. And I guess enough of him. Like, he's really good and really amazing and really easy to understand and straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a wall of spears that can attack, right? Right. Moving on. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. So Brian, you seem to like this guy. Why don't you read him? Because I, I want to hear I you mispronounce feel- him. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. I have mixed feelings about this guy. Oh, okay. It's going to depend on whether I open him or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Bramaz, King of Orescos. How was that? Sounded right. Sure, I'm sorry. Good. Hey, wow, I'm sorry. Crap. I'll do better like, next time. I'm going to call him King of Oreos anyway, though. Yeah, yeah. He is the King of the Oreos coasts. Cut Oreos, because... Anyway, he costs one and two white, the same as the Archetype of Courage. Surely he must have similar stats and abilities. Uh, he is a legendary cat soldier, and he is mythic, which is probably a good thing. He's a 3-4 with Vigilance. Who was that guy that costs green-white hybrid that was a 3-4 with no other abilities? A Will Leaf Cavalier? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. So the Cavaliers did have Vigilance. Did they have it? So it was a 3-4 with Vigilance? Cool. Did have that deck? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure it did. All right, great. So this guy's a Will Leaf Cavalier, but with one easier mana, well, one colorless mana, and two other abilities. Whenever he attacks, put a 1-1 white cat, cat soldier creature token of vis- vigilance onto the battlefield, attacking. Wham. Does it have to attack who Brimaz is attacking, or can it attack like a plane? If I'm attacking you, can he attack Jace? 
Yeah, because it doesn't specify, it can be attacking anyone. Can it be, if I attack Mike, can my cat token be attacking Dirk? Yes. Yes. I love this guy even more than I thought I did. Yeah. Second ability. Whenever he blocks a creature, and I'm going to, before you even go any further, I'm going to point out he's got vigilance. So, whenever he blocks a creature, put a 1-1 white cat soldier token with vigilance onto the battlefield blocking that creature. Bam. (laughs) He blocks as a 4-5 sometimes. I like how, uh, if you read um, an article, I, I can't remember who wrote it. It might have been Ken Nagel. This guy was originally King Leonidas. I think that was Ken Nagel. And yeah. they're like, well, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. Because what they had was like a seven or eight casting thing that when it died, you got 300 soldier tokens. <laughs> oh, it'd be so cool with 100 handed uh, I was going to say the 100 handed one looks around and goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> I had a tough job. But, uh, but this guy, you know, this guy is much better. Um, a 3 4 for 3 with vigilance with a pseudo here of blade hold sort of thing that also works on blocking. And granted, a lot of times when you block something and you have to make a token that's then blocking that thing, they're going to probably kill the token so you don't keep getting lots and lots of tokens. It also um, throws off their math too, because they don't. A lot of people don't read the card. Yeah, ah. or if they do, they're not sure how you're going to block. So, and again, <laughs> he's got he's got vigilance. So it's not like you're. It's an either or. It's quite possible to attack and get a token, and next turn get another token when he blocks. So it's well, not you're not trading anything. I this also, guy, go ahead. Oh, I just noticed it says. Uh, when he attacks, put a 1-1 white cat soldier creature token with vigilance onto the battlefield attacking. Not tapped. Yeah, there's two words missing, tapped and. That's cool. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's got vigilance, so it would be True. kind of silly for it. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. so the second ability isn't quite as strong as it could be just because you have, like I said, you have to block with that token. So it kind of keeps you from just, oh, look, I, I blocked this guy, I get another token, and next turn I attack you with him. Like Bill but, said, it's it's almost Bushido. You know, he blocks as a 4-5 yeah. for three mana. And That's if pretty you good. get any sort of glorious anthem effect out... Yeah, the spear is still around, and you just yeah. do this guy on three, the spear on four, and then you've got a fun time. Uh, and then um, damn, if, if you go back to last block, there's that uh, giant strength anthem. Oh, yeah. Collective blessing or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seems pretty good. Pretty good. Somebody's gonna build a cat EDH deck. I'm I'm sure that those already exist. And this guy is either gonna take them over or go into those decks and gonna work really well with like the the Ka Regent and other nifty cats. Yeah, I was gonna build a cat EDH deck like a thousand years ago and just never got around to it. Well this guy helps out with that a lot. He really does. So he's pretty good. I think I expect him to be a chase mythic. I could be wrong. He dies to removal, but he's still a uh. three four for three with <laughs> vigilance that gives you more guys. And he doesn't die uh, to disenchant though. That's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Correct. Which a lot of this stuff does. So sweet, sweet. So Bramaz, Bramaz, Bramaz. How are we going to pronounce that? Bramaz. King Lionitis. King Lionite, God Almighty. I'm sure that was the playtest name. So yeah, Bramaz is pretty awesome. And yeah, moving on. Mm-hmm. Yay. Who wants to look at... Who wants to go blind? <laughs> oh boy. I'm already doing... Wait, what? 
Oh, the card. Oh. I'll go ahead and do it. Glimpse <laughs> the Sun God for X and a white. Instant that's uncommon. Tap X target creatures. Scry one. Seems pretty good. That's yeah, cool. pretty useful. It's not broken or anything, but it's pretty good. It it could be decent without the scry one. Um, and it's an instant. So all these things together mean if you have to, you can like pseudo cycle it. You don't. It doesn't replace itself, but you still get to scry one, even if you don't have any targets. But other times, this is just going to be and a, either a fog. Or setting up your Alpha Strike next time, or both. Or so, both, yeah. And you get to then try one just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's and one fun. of those things you tap could be your Inspire guy, because hey, why not? Because hey, why, hey not? why not? Yeah, it doesn't specify whose creatures, so yeah. that's a pretty mm-hmm. neat thing to do on their turn. You're like, oh yeah, tap your guys, and I don't know, these two of my guys I didn't want to attack with, and I'm going to scry. Yeah, I like that card, and then they can't do anything else with their turn, so hey. Look at that. Here's that card. Sweet. Good times. It's very clean. Is there any other card that does essentially this, aside from the Scry one, where it actually... There was Gigadrell's sort of... I mean, in blue... Gigadrell's kind of does that. Word of Binding... I can't remember if it also does other... No, Word of Binding was a sorcery. A lot of the white X spells that I'm thinking of are like, you know, like, deal X damage to attacking creatures or something. That is so great. We've just named off... This is a white card. We just named off a blue card and a black card that does this. <laughs> huh. Of course, Word of Binding is very old before they figured out a color pie, but still. Yeah. Huh. I still huh. think it's neat that this is, I mean, it fits very well into it. I like that it, it has a lot of potential. I mean, it, it fits the uncommon spot. So how Maybe many? Green, green card, Icy Blast, is that what it is? Winter Blast. What was that called? I think Winter Blast. How many things can we glimpse now? We can get, you know, we can glimpse the unthinkable, we can glimpse the sun god, we can glimpse nature, and we can glimpse the future. We can't just, like, glimpse at a pot or a painting or something. (laughs) Glimpse her underwear. You know, that's just wrong. That's an unset. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Winter Blast, uh, X and a green, tap X creatures... It deals two damage to each of those creatures that have flying, and it's a sorcery from freaking uh, Legends. Yeah, Legends. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny way to kill a Sarah Angel after combat. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Glimpsing things. Uh, you want to do this cycle that we didn't get around to earlier? Just do it all at once. Sure. The inspired guys. The inspired uncommon. Inspired guys that make tokens. Oh. Yeah. I don't think we knew about it last time, did we? Oh, we it did, was in the forums, but it wasn't on the card image gallery. I don't know. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to talk about them all at once? You just want to talk about them when we come across them. Because there's other cycles, too. Hey, we'll just do them one by one. Never mind. Okay. All, all right. right. So the God Favor General is the white card in this cycle. Um, he costs a white and one for one-one human soldier uncommon, and he has an inspired ability. Whenever he becomes untapped, you may pay two and a white. If you do, put two... 1-1 one, one white soldier enchantment creature tokens onto the battlefield. Raise the alarm. Yeah, so he's a 1-1 one, one for 2 who has to somehow survive being tapped, but you get two guys out of it. Yeah, he's pretty good 
but obviously there's a big problem with doing this over and over again outside of something that taps like Springleaf Drum because he's going to have a – of all of these, and I, I realize we're talking about one at a time, one of them one at a time, but he's he's one of the smallest ones. doesn't really get much smaller than this. So he's going to have a hard time attacking and then getting getting to do this more than once. Yeah. But but I'm pretty sure if you do it once, eh, it was worth it's, it. It's three power for <laughs> five mana. Five mana, but one card. <laughs> so yeah. scatter the seeds. Woo! 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 Sweet. I get it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not as straightforward as the next guy. What, what is the next guy? Oh, it's the freaking this. legacy card. Yeah. Who's who's up? The, Bill. the spirit of the labyrinth. Yeah, Bill. I think you're up, right? Oh, Is, have okay. we not done the shield mate? Oh, we no. did do the shield mate because yeah. it's uh, a holy strength. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. Okay. All right. Da, 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 da. All right. Spirit of the labyrinth. <laughs> one in a white enchant creature spirit. It's a rare three one for two. That's not so bad. Each player can't draw more than one card each turn. That's pretty amazing, actually. Good lord. <laughs> Look at that! It's a three-one for two, and what? A, oh, it just yeah. I guess you had that revelation there, didn't you? Like, okay. like well, enjoy that life. I'm gonna hit you for three. <clears throat> Clues said he is he likes this card so much, he's uh, thinking of putting it in his red. Uh, well, he calls it Thoblins uh, deck because it's uh, a red goblin deck that splashes white for Thalia. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And he said mm-hmm. yeah. the only thing better than making a blue player have to pay two for brainstorm is making their brainstorm completely useless. And I said, huh, <laughs> Draw one card, then put two on top two of your back. library. <laughs> this is what's or if they've already as drawn a card, get zero cards. <laughs> Puts two back. This is what's known as a dick move. <laughs> but I, no, but this... I think Sphinx, Sphinx's revelation is plenty strong, and I'm not going to cry any tears over... Over Sphinx's revelation getting, I don't, I, this isn't gonna hose it, but this, you know, kind of quote unquote answering it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be too sad about that. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't Sphinx's revelation and gain 10 life. You're still gonna well, gain the life anyway and, and draw 10 cards. If that draw stealing guy didn't do anything to the revelation, then Spirit of the Labyrinth isn't gonna kill it either. I yeah. think it's mainly the, the notion thief. Yeah, notion thief. But this is important. Notion thief costs twice as much as Spirit of the Labyrinth. Notion Thief has flash. Yeah, but it costs twice as much. Like, Notion Thief surprises them, um, because they tend to tap out or get really close to tapped out when they're doing the revelation. But and then they again, do it at the end of the turn when you can actually cast that. Whereas this thing will hit them in the face for three early on, so even if it doesn't do its main job, those decks tend to not handle three damage to the face early on. But then again, like, Clues is probably going to do, I mean, this is going to come out on an either vial anyway, so it also yeah. has flash. Ah. And it comes out a little earlier that way, too. All right. And she's the queen of Tetris, according to the art, which is also awesome. Wow. That, wow. Look at that. She's the queen Those of Tetris. Those pieces don't go... No, she's playing it all wrong. <laughs> Cut her some slack. She's an enchantment. <laughs> That's she's nice. barely even got a toughness. <laughs> don't pick on the enfeebled, Brian. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, look, a cat. Hey, a cat. <laughs> I've got the Tetris music going in my head right now. Oh, all right. of us do. All of us. Yes. Do, do, do. Uh, okay. I'm alright. I always like the B music better. Everybody does. Hey, Brian, you should say this one. The Vanguard of Brimaz? 
Seeing as you had Bramaz earlier. Okay, yeah, it's the Vanguard of Bramaz. He costs two white for a 2-2 cat soldier with vigilance, and he's an uncommon and heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Vanguard of Bramaz, put a 1-1 white cat soldier token with vigilance onto the battlefield. It doesn't have haste, it's not attacking or anything like that, but it's a very similar effect to the cat man we saw already. So, I mean, it makes sense. They play well together. Vigilance? Who needs an archetype of vigilance when all these things already have vigilance to anyway? So when you ask, what does a Catman do? I was thinking that too. <laughs> it brings other Catmans two. to two. Catmans too. <laughs> oh god, that wasn't that funny. I must be tired. <laughs> so again, I liked how there's at least two cards in this set that make that. Fairly unique token. I don't think we've seen a 1-1 cat soldier token with vigilance before. Pretty sure. Well, we, this is the third card that we've seen that gives the ability to create additional creatures, 1-1 tokens, with the god-favored general thrown in in addition. Yep. Yay, tokens. So, all those people who are looking for the swarm, the the swarm is available at least in three cards. Proliferate. Alright, hey, Chewie, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a human cleric. Yay, the airy worshippers for three and a blue, we're in blue now, is a human cleric that is uncommon, and then it's a 2-4, and its up, up, and away ability is inspired. So whenever it becomes untapped, you may pay two and a blue, and if you do, you get a 2-2 blue bird enchantment creature with flying onto the battlefield. See, this guy is just, I realize it costs twice as much as the white one, but that 2-4 is much better about getting in and surviving combat. You might actually get a bird out of this, and then now you've got a flyer. That's pretty strong. I don't want to, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about not having good blue cards in this set, because all the blue cards I've seen so far, including this guy, <laughs> Pretty good. Every single set, you're going to hear multiple people saying, why do they keep screwing over blue? Okay, they've been screwing over blue since for every set, and yet blue is still the best color. I really game. wish they'd screw over red. I wonder how that screw works. Over blue. Yeah, yeah, really. I just I feel like here it's not even really being screwed over. But we'll get we'll come not back to that because we'll, we'll keep we'll keep looking at these blue cards. Any other feelings about the cleric? Um, in Birds? general, for all of the inspired guys who have mana. Activated abilities. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but there's no way you're going to get the mana out of a Springleaf Drum at the start of your turn to play for that, right? Like, to tap them, get the mana, and then use it to pay it on tapping, because there's no time to do that. Well, the ability doesn't go on the stack until your upkeep. Yeah, the ability can't be put on... When it triggers, the ability can't be put on to the stack until the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah. But you can't activate the drum before then, right? Not before then, yeah, but before he, it resolved. No. Bill, Bill, is, for it. Bill is I'm saying, saying the it, end result will be an untapped creature if you use the drum. And I, I I think he's right. I don't think that's possible, is it? Wait, what question are you asking? All right, what I'm asking is if you have a creature, like say Airy Worshippers is holding the drum, and it you're at the start of your turn. Don't, don't say it that way. <laughs> well, is Airy Worshippers yeah, tapped at the start of the turn? It's not an equipment. So. Correct. Yeah, sorry. Not actually holding the drum. But if it wants to activate the drum, and you want it to be, you know, tapped so that it can untap. There's no window on your turn where you can do that, so that you can use the mana. If it was not already, if it was not already tapped 
at the beginning of your turn, you cannot then tap it because by the time you get priority, the there's no trigger. Right. Right, Mike? I'm glad someone understands the question because I still don't. He's at, What he's asking is he plays airy worshippers. He then passes the turn. For whatever reason, he can't use the spring leaf drum. Uh, at the beginning of his turn, after um, he, he wants to be able to go ahead and tap this to put the ability onto the stack to then untap it. Oh, for God's sake, Brian! You suck at explaining things. I do. He wants to, <laughs> he wants to uh, tap the airy worshippers with the spring leaf drum to get the mana in time for it to untap during the untap to get uh, the inspired. Is that clear? He'd have, He'd have to do it at the end of the previous turn. He wouldn't okay. have to use that mana. What I'm ultimately saying is there's no way to use the drum mana with that ability. Oh, you can use the drum at mana. At the start of the turn. You can in use some the... tricky way. You're just using it the normal way. There can... is, but the worshippers will be tapped at the end of your shenanigans. Right. right. Yeah. There's no, there's no free lunch is what I'm getting at. It's the kind of okay. thing that I would never try to do, but I could see someone get confused at a pre-release and try to There's do it. There's not a way to do it with the area worshiper still being untapped at the, at the end of your upkeep step. Correct. There we go. Okay. Wow, we've confused everybody, including ourselves. <laughs> I'm not confused. <laughs> I, well, Bill was asking a different question than I thought he was, so... Lower. We should go ahead and move Which on. Which is why Brian's explanation didn't jive with what I thought I was hearing 15 seconds earlier. Yay, okay. confusion. It, it's blue, we're in Sphinx country, let's move on. That's true. So let's see here. Did we, we did the Arbiter, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. We have not done the uh, Faded card from blue. We've done the Faded card from red. Mm, okay. So whose turn is it? Somebody Mites. read a card. Yeah, the, uh, the fade, Faded Infatuation is the blue card from this cycle. It costs three blue. It's a rare instant. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of the target creature you control. If it's your turn, scry two. <sighs> yeah, again, no complaining about blue. Instant speed token creation. This is like a cackling counterpart, uh, except cackling counterpart costs four. No, it costs three. Two blue and one. But um, a, and you're trading in the flashback for if it's your turn, scry two. If it's your turn, does not mean the same thing as sorcery speed because you can still do combat tricks and things with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, trick yeah. to be played during combat. Well, like if, for example, if you're attacking with um, what's that the the alpha briar pack alpha that's uh, you know, when it enters the battlefield, it gives something plus two plus two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you might have if if the creature you you create a copy of has some sort of ability like that, then you can have a combat trick and still get the scry too. Since it's in blue, you could always copy your master of waves again to punch someone harder that or something. You know, there there it is possible to make a combat trick work with it, but Thanks. you sort of have to have something there already. But I knew what so, you meant. So yeah. So again, the only point is just that you know it can still be done in response to something during your turn and still get you the scry too. Scry two again, as we said with the uh, with the faded conflagration, uh, <laughs> That's is racist. A, is a is really good, really really good. So sweet, I like it, and the art is awesome. It also has a slight advantage over cackling counterpart now because of the new legend rule. So in the off chance that you want to copy your legend to save it from being killed by something, you can make the copy, and then your legend can die to that, and then whatever was killing your legend fizzles, and you get to keep a dude. So. 
I'm it's attacking niche, my, but it's relevant. I'm attacking with my Brimaws. Somebody goes, Doomblade, and I'm like, get a Brimaws. Sacrifice the Brimaws that was targeted by the Doomblade. Yeah. 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 Yay. Yay. Hmm. Woot. Did, I know, right? Hell yeah. Did we do the uh, the guy with the major migraine here? No. no. I didn't think uh, so. I think he's new. Dirk, why don't you tell us about Senior Crazy here? He looks like he's in pain. Then again, well, maybe someone else should read it. <laughs> yeah, someone else should probably get it real fast. Mind Reaver. Blue Blue for a 2-1 human wizard. He's rare. His heroic ability is that whenever he casts a spell that targets Mind Reaver, exile the top three cards of target player's library. And you can pay Blue Blue and sacrifice him to counter target spell with the same name as the card exiled with Mind Reaver. He's kind of like an old fish, which is good times. The the grimoire, the grimoire thief. Yeah, I, it's not I, exactly I, the same, but he's similar. I always liked the grimoire thief. I even played it in EDH, where I probably shouldn't, <laughs> uh, just because I really liked it. Uh, this thing feels a lot like that. Yeah, the main difference is I think Bill was about to say. Yeah, so go ahead. Oh, just that these guys, the cards that are being exiled are exiled face down, so. Yeah, everyone can see what's there, so. Yeah. Yeah. You can't call it your own fault. I'm glad Bill said it because I was about to say it backwards. But you you still, uh, I mean, you still get the uh, effect of basically milling for three, except better milling because a lot of times you don't necessarily want to give them the stuff in their graveyard because for some decks that's even better. This thing reminds me a lot of Mind Shrieker. I don't know entirely why. They are very different effects, ex- again, except for milling, but I don't know. Mine's on your mind. Play them Mine's on my mind, yeah. Play. I don't think they want to. Well, no, I don't think they want that. Huh. It's an interesting heroic ability to have because, I mean, you might not want to pile on a bunch of auras onto someone that you are going to end up sacrificing at some point. That's true. Um, unless they're bestowed aura, creatures. Unless they're bestowed creatures. And that, that's cool. And you can always think, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be auras either. You can just target him with um, a Mizium skin or something. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that the, the auras are one of the primary venues for heroic in this. Yes, in these yeah. that is correct. <clears throat> well, I must say I am not overwhelmed by this guy. Maybe give him a head crab. Hey, what? <laughs> what? I'm not. I'm not underwhelmed by this guy. In fact, I would say I am. Do you know we haven't done the counterspell next to this yet? We haven't. No. No. I was about to say someone's skipping ahead. I yeah. He could have sworn we did. Let him do the wave, and then we'll go back because he's trying really hard. I'm trying really hard, so I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm going to counter your wave with Thassa's rebuff, which costs one and a blue, and is instant, and is a bitch, and uh, and is a keyword. It's an uncommon. Uh, counter target spell unless its controller play- pays X, where X is your devotion to blue. This was one of Patrick Chapin's shortest preview articles ever, because he's like, well, when do you use this? You use this when they can't pay X, where X is your devotion to blue, and then you counter their spell. Who, where do you play this in? Blue every devotion. Blue well, not every blue deck. Not every, this is not an auto-include. The decks that are gonna use this are gonna be the ones where you have some board presence, because other control decks where you don't necessarily have as many permanents, X is gonna be zero or very low. Yeah, but, I have an either link. Yay! So. I don't know, dude. Uh, like, paying one in a blue for a counter-target spell unless they pay two? 
It's just a slightly worse mana leak. That's, that's fine. That's with just a like a Jace on the board, you know. But that but that's if you have a Jace on the board. Jace. There there are plenty of other situations where they don't have a permanent on yet. So oh, the, sure. you don't you don't just throw this in every blue deck. But and, the thing or, is, is that for two, and le- if they've tapped out, they can't pay the X cost. But you have to make sure there is an X cost. Yeah, it's true. If you're a Oh, so it doesn't count itself, gotcha. No, no, yeah, it's not a permanent. It's not, it's not a Devotion permanent. only counts permanence anyway. Yes. Yeah, so, I forgot that. It's not automatically one. Okay. Yeah, now, is, yeah these, these, uh, these non-permanent devotion spells, that's very interesting to point out. You know, every other devotion thing we've seen so far is a permanent, so it counts itself. Yep. But these don't, because they right. are not permanents, they're not on the battlefield. And like Dirk pointed out, that may be a bit misleading, if only because we are so used to how it has always worked. Right. Like for the last year. So yeah. so there you go. Alright, you may now So I'm not overwhelmed by this card. <laughs> well, it turns out I didn't have any blue permanents in play because I'm running a mono green deck that just has misty rainforest in it for some reason. So I guess I'm gonna let your wave resolve. Luckily I only have octopi in play. So I'm not overwhelmed by this card. I'm not underwhelmed by this card. I'm perfectly whelmed by it. I'm almost sad I let you finish that after all. And, uh, so, yeah, okay, enough of that. So this card is called Whelming Wave, which is the dumbest name in this set. And it's right next to a card called Tremocratus. Tremocratus, whatever. I think it's Tremocratus. And even that is actually way cooler than Whelming Wave. And somebody just I really think that's a Young Justice joke. I Uh, honestly think it's a Young Justice joke. (laughs) And I am ashamed of you for that. But it's a uh, sorcery for two blue-blue. It's a sorcery that's rare for some reason. And it says, return all creatures. This is why. Return all creatures to their owner's hands. Except for Krakens. I'm sorry, Krakens. Leviathans. Uh, Octopodes. (laughs) And serpents. um, Thanks! The first time I read this, I was very unimpressed because I was like, "What are the chances I'm going to have any of that?" And then I realized after it's an I saw, evacuation that caused I realized it's sorcery. An, <laughs> wow, you literally took every word I was going to say. I know it's, it's what it's you a, get for countering my wave, you jerk. <laughs> and that's well, I let it resolve, and then you, for some reason, continued with your, if I must say so, inane segue. Oh, it was totally inane. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so, and that's, I mean, they haven't printed that effect in a little while. They've done like Cyclonic Rift, which costs six to overwhelm, not to overwhelm, underwhelm, um, overload. Uh, <laughs> underperform. So for me, this might as well say just return all creatures to their owner's hands, unless I happen to also get one of these things. So, and then I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna open like two of these at the pre-release. So I'm gonna play against the one guy that got like a Tromacratus, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, oh, oh no. But I think it's kind of cool. Oh yeah, it's very cool. We we find we get to see a we get to see another take on Blue Wrath. So that's actually costed a four instead of you know five six up. No quest for you. Uh, it's also a good time to remind everyone that snakes. And serpents are not the same thing. That is very mm-hmm. true. Very, yeah, very important. This lesson is brought to you by the letter Bit. Quest for Lewis Temple. <laughs> okay. And the number, next card. So that was blue. That was blue. 
Now it's black. Now <laughs> we're now we're bruised. <laughs> it's time to get down with the sickness. Yes. You want to get up? Vile blight. For two black, it's an instant uncommon. Target creature and all other creatures with the same name as that creature get negative three, negative three, or minus three, minus three, whatever, until end of turn. Minus three divided by minus three. That is correct. <laughs> oh, children. Damn it. Yeah, that kills a whole bunch of things. Oh, yeah. That's good times. It's, it's, I, I wonder if they had Pack Rat in mind when they uh. made this thing. I seriously wonder about that. I don't know. It won't do any good if there's an, a lot of them. Well, if there's four or more. Yeah, first that's a lot. Really first of all, there have to be more. And second of all, even in that scenario, if it's a combat trick sort of thing, then you still might be in a good enough position. So, Or it might just keep you from dying right there. Oh, darn. I'll take four, one from each of these, instead of 16. Yeah, I'm yeah, winning uh, this game, guys. Just you wait. <laughs> Sometimes all you need to do is beat the pack rat. This is how you take care of the first pack rat, and then there are no more problems. Well, I like it a lot. Killing one thing is is fine too. Yeah, but you know, we also before we get too much on pack rat, what does pack rat do? It makes tokens. What was Dirk talking about earlier? Lots of white cards that make tokens. That is correct. It also yeah. takes care of those pesky tokens with the same names for your blue clone. True. <laughs> But mostly it's here to kill that thing right now it's dead. Yeah. I mean, when in doubt, this thing costs two, and it's a minus three, minus three. So this may be some of the best removal thus far in the block. (laughs) I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it's really good. It doesn't have any special conditions beyond having to target something, which whoop-de-doo. And it will occasionally have that added upside of just completely blowing someone's strategy out. I think it was actually put in the set as an answer in case populate mattered, because it kills all the centaurs on the other side of the world. The only thing it doesn't really answer is the worm tokens. Um, and again, like I said, it's also a combat trick, because minus three, minus three, a six, six is really hard to deal with unless it's a three, three. Then it's not so hard to deal with. So, yeah, next up. So I'm not overwhelmed by this card. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did we talk about we did we did talk about Champion of Stray Souls, right? No. No, we didn't? No, not yet. I have actually it, not seen this card. No, it's pretty right. sweet. Well Yeah, the uh the Champion of Stray Souls is a mythic rare skeleton warrior. Yeah. How many awesome. of those how many of those have there been? I'm thinking not that many. Not enough. <laughs> and for for two black and four, he's a four four, and he has two very wordy abilities, but they're worth it. The first ability is pay two black and three, tap, sacrifice X other creatures, return X target creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So he can do a little living death if you want him to. And his other ability, pay two black and five, put champion of stray souls on top of your library from your graveyard. Hmm. I love how... He, he kind of has that feel of Doom Necromancer, but he doesn't actually sacrifice himself. In fact, he, he specifically, he specifically says other creatures, so he can stick around. And he's a 4-4, which is a decent size, especially, you know, creatures in this set aren't terribly huge, at least until you start enchanting them with stuff. Um, I like this guy a lot. Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. 
Yeah, everything on them is pretty pricey, but that's because they're all fairly powerful. And none yeah. of them have timing restrictions. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that. Keep in mind that second ability does require you to put it on top of your library rather than your hand, rather than on the battlefield, and it does cost seven, and he costs six, so that's a lot of mana. But if it was any less, then you could just have the immortal blocker. What you might see is that when your opponent has one of these sitting out untapped and you're ready to run in your guys for combat, not only do you have to do all the combat math for the battlefield, (laughs) you have to factor in everything in their graveyard as potential blockers. So it'll get messy real quick. Or he could make a bunch of chump blocks and then switch them with other creatures in the graveyard. Like, there's really not a lot of good ways to factor in the swing back because it's like, oh, well, all these guys chumped. Now I have all these guys instead. And oh, look, it's my turn. They're not summon sick. Blam. So there will be zombies. This is why he's mythic. Yeah. That's because he looks badass. He does look pretty badass. Like, I think I said this about some other card, but it looks like something that uh, Jack Black would touch himself to. No, I don't think he said that about another card. It must have been on a, a different show or just out loud to somebody. Oh, uh, his his armor is made yeah. out of um, returned Jesus. masks. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh, look at that. That's neat. That's cool. That is cool. He's collected them. So, <laughs> gotta catch them all, baby. Uh, I do want to point something out real quick. There have been five other skeleton warriors. Uh, Carnage Gladiator from um, uh, Dragon's Maze. Grim Roustabout from Return to Ravnica. Rakdos Ringleader from Return to Ravnica. Reassembling Skeleton from M11 and 12. And uh, some dual decks and some other dual decks and some Arch Enemy. Huh. And the Tenacious Dead from M14. I'd also like to point out, now that I'm looking at it closer, he's a 4-4... With one arm. Can you imagine if he had another <laughs> arm? <laughs> Thank goodness we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't think we're ready for that one. It'd be like a 7-4. Because that one arm does have a big-ass sword. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So I look forward to his wallpaper. Ooh. He'd be a good wallpaper of the week. He would be. Yeah, I might would. have to put that on my phone to scare people I work with. Huh. Yeah. So let's see here. We drowned in sorrow and ate hope last week. Fate right. of unraveling. Yeah, so we should probably fate unravel un- our fate. Unraveler, yeah. Well, I'm going to read that, because I don't know what it does. Uh, three and a black. It is, the fate unraveler is an enchantment creature. Hag. Huh. And it's rare, and it's a 3-4. And it says, holy crap. It says, whenever an opponent draws a card, fate unraveler deals one damage to that player. It's a, it's a walking underworld dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I saw the, the mana cost and the power and toughness, I'm like, Wait, this is a black card? <laughs> I'm not sure I get this. Hmm. That's good. That's good stats. Yeah, that's... Huh. I'm trying to... How much... What was the power and toughness of the uh, the different creatures that were the... If you destroy this creature, the, the milling creatures? Wanna, Do you remember how uh, much they were? What? You want to narrow that... Restate uh, your question. The please. ones that if you destroy this creature, or if this creature goes to the graveyard, target player dis- uh, dr- uh, discards two cards. Yeah, like, like, like it, it sounds similar to something where a person has to opponent draws a card. Never mind. Never mind. My, my I'm I'm losing it. Dirk <laughs> is playing a different set. <laughs> I'm for whatever reason my mind did not think was not looking at this and saying draws a card, it was discarding cards. Oh. Oh. 
My mind, yeah, my mind just... Something like Black Cat? Yeah, like, my, I was thinking this, you know, drawing cards and then discarding the cards. And I was like, oh, what was the creatures that did that? What was their power and toughness? Because they were all four-costed also. And they were two two birds. That's so what I can't remember what the hell they're called now for some reason. Screeching Buzzard? Screeching Buzzard. Ah, those guys. I love those guys. <laughs> oh, those freaking guys. <laughs> birds. So yeah, with this guy and Underworld Dreams and Screeching Buzzards and something to make people draw cards, the people are just like, yeah, I don't want to play this game anymore. Dogs and cats living together. This goes in your jar deck next to the Megrim. It'll be great. (laughs) It actually does, yeah. And it it fits right into my, uh, what's his name? Kermit. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Mogus' buddy. This slots right into my Caravac deck and giggles. It fits right into people's Nekusar, uh decks, like the one that we we uh, story circled with Bruce Richard. Yeah. It's really too bad that Brian BRB'd, because I, I really want to hear him go, Oh my god, over this card. He'll be back someday. He'll be back someday. You know, this might actually be a good place uh, for a quick musical break so that we can come back and get Brian's reaction. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I... I have to pee, honestly. If you want to, if you want to be completely honest about it. Uh, Behind the scenes. At, at Harris Teeter, uh, I'm holding this up like you can see it for some reason because I'm an idiot. But at, at Harris Teeter, they had these one and a half liter Mountain Dew on sale for one dollar. And you know how much a not quite 20 ounce that I get out of the drink machine is? One dollar. So this was amazing value. And so I bought freaking four of them. And I took one to a guy at work who is, uh, has a massive do addiction. It's kind of scary. And the other three I kept for myself. I was like, well, this is one for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Dude, I'm still drinking on this damn thing. Because <laughs> it's one and a half liters. It's three quarters of a two liter. Yeah. If I finish all three of these by the end of Friday, I think my teeth will fall out. <laughs> and, like, my junk will shrink because of all the yellow five. Or whatever it is that yellow five does. But anyway, do what? Superpowers. Superpowers. I will be able to fly and shoot laser beams of rainbows from my eyes or something. Anyway, anyway. Um. So yeah, we're dealing with um. <laughs> just seeing like Ant Man shrinking powers, except just you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully not the giant man growing powers that go with him. Oh god, that would be awful. I don't want to know what radioactive animal bit him. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow five. <laughs> Excuse me. That's choking me up. So anyway, um, since uh, we're dealing with the gods and and their religions and whatnot, uh, I assume there's some sort of religion here since there are gods. Wouldn't that make sense? I don't. I haven't paid any attention to their story. <laughs> yeah, there there's at least one religion, I think. Okay, good. That slots perfectly into this then. So since last week God gave rock and roll to us, this week... Uh, we're actually going to use a Godsmack song, and it's Bad Religion. Because, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any good Bad Religion song, so I have to use the song Bad Religion by Godsmack, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to... Um, there's something in here that exiles us something, right? Yeah, we'll just pretend there is, and it'll be awesome. And we're going to... So anyway, here's some Godsmack. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute.
so, technical difficulties aside, there's some Godsmack. Now, Brian, what do you think of the Fate Unraveler hag chick? I think she's a whole lot... Have we actually read what her stats are? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're done with her. We're just waiting on your response. She's like Underworld Dreams on a 3-4 body. And she's an enchantment, so she's even more. Only these days, you know, I kind of almost miss the triple black for devotion. Uh, I think she's okay. I mean, a 3-4 for, for for 4 mana isn't in black isn't terrible stats anyway. So you've actually got kind of a clock thing going. It's, got, it's cool. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> it's actually not my favorite black card that we're going to talk about today. Well, let's keep trucking then. Uh, I can't read this, so someone else <laughs> is going to have to. Mike's going to have to. The the okay, let me. Whoo! I got to stretch first. <laughs> the uh, don't hurt yourself. The, the forlorn Seodama. I'm sorry, what? Seodama. Uh, I know you're speaking, but I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> the forlorn Seodama costs a black and three for a two-one uncommon zombie with Lame. intimidate. What? Lame. Lame, yeah, with intimidate. <laughs> which is okay. But, so here's another one in this cycle. It has an inspired ability, and whenever the Forlorn Pseudama becomes untapped, you may pay two and a black. If you do, put a 2-2 two, two black zombie enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. So intimidate is really easy to attack with. Yeah. And then you get zombies. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. The real question oh. we have to ask ourselves is, are they zombie children? <laughs> we have to make that assumption here. And that is, that is terrifying beyond all reason. <laughs> it's pretty creepy. <clears throat> like I said, at least these this one has Intimidate, but for four men, it's just a 2-1. So if you're playing against a black player, you, this isn't going to be getting through anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But um, the... Tokens do not have an Intimidate. Nope. Correct. Okay. On the plus side, they don't come in tap, which means they're better than a lot of zombies. Yeah, and in Innistrad, we got a lot of make-a-tap zombie token cards. Yeah, we did. They were fresh zombies. They were fresh from the grave. Yeah, they were still busy standing up. Yeah, these zombie bear children, they don't slack around. <laughs> they're bigger than the zombie that spurned them. Ah. Uh. So Honey, they're, they're this, like big babies. Honey, this bear baby doesn't look anything like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does well, it have red hair? Nothing? Dug him out of the ground. You intimidate me so. Okay, enough, enough bad jokes. Let's keep trucking. More bad jokes to come. Well, I'm sorry. Enough bad jokes about mis- non-pronunciation here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Who's next? I mean, what's next? Oh, the one, that one. I like this thing. This is crazy. What is it? Tell us what it does. Okay. The, uh, the Herald of Torment. Good old Herald. Old weird Herald. Uh, he costs one black black for a three three enchantment creature demon. He has bestow of three black black. Uh, he has flying. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life. And of course, if he's, uh, an enchantment, then, then the enchanted creature gets plus three plus three in flying. Either way, you're still losing the one life. Dude, a 3-3 flyer for three in black is just great. That's awesome. That's that's a life you're willing to lose each turn. Oh, yeah. If people were willing to lose five 
for Juzam back in the day. They reprinted Juzam as a sliver and nobody cared. They, it wasn't even used against the slivers. Just nobody cared. So, hmm. <laughs> I like this. I like the evasion on it. Yeah. And that bestow is, at five, is not that bad to get the plus three, plus three in flying. It's kind of going to make whatever creature you have out instantly important. Yeah. It'll feel like haste when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the bestow guys by themselves are one ones or two twos or thereabouts. Getting a three, three flyer when that creature dies means you're still in a position to race. So... Now, you might occasionally have somebody fall into, like, the bitter blossom trap where, you know, you're, you then are forced to somehow lose that creature and you still end up with a Herald of Torment and that's what ends up killing you, but it's only one life a turn. So that's, if you're gonna die, you're gonna die anyway. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It is a demon that hurts you. So, if it's a creature, it's the Herald of Torment. But if it's an enchantment, can we call it Harold's Torment? Because I actually didn't like Harold at all. He was kind of a jerk. <laughs> I won't stop you. Just make sure you name the right card when you call a judge. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll give you that. That'll be something from Ice Age we just forgot about. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's Harold? Oh, he hung out with uh, the, the, the Lich. Shut up. <laughs> no, it says right here, Howard of Torment. Four and two blue for a two, three. Gosh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why it's in my commander deck. <laughs> okay. Stupid well. tribal Harry deck. <laughs> Moving on then. The Herald Tournament is awesome. Let's keep going. Yeah. Alright. We've got the Spiteful Returned for one and a black. It is a 1 1 zombie. It's an enchantment zombie. So, yeah, it's a 1 1 for two. That's not so great. It does not have Intimidate. And it has bestow of three and a black. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one. That's awesome. Whenever spiteful returned or enchanted creature attacks, defending player loses two life. Ow. Yeah. Yeah, lots of ow. This is going to add up. I mean, you drop this on turn two and you just start wailing. And they can either commit to killing this thing... Which shouldn't be too hard because it's a 1-1. Or you start playing it alongside some red creatures, some things that hit a little harder, and all you have to do is attack with this once, maybe twice. Um, and it's basically three power against the opponent. Um, especially if they really have to block something else. And then, of course, if you bestow this onto a much bigger creature that can afford to attack every turn, even better. You start wailing them down, they eventually kill that other creature, this thing drops back into the battlefield, then you just attack with it for another two damage. Yeah, just for an extra shock, why not? Yeah. So, from all sorts of, for all sorts of reasons, I love this card. And then, the art is really interesting, because it's the first zombie that doesn't have a mask on, and it makes you want him to have a mask on, because it's <laughs> terrifying. Please, Uncle Harold, put your mask back on. That's what happens when you get on the wrong side of our mythic skeleton warrior. He takes your mask, and that's what's left. Buh. So I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah, this, this is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, yay. It's much better than Epiphany Storm. Yeah. So Aww. somebody read Epiphany Storm. Sure. Okay. Um, Epiphany Storm. It's a common for a single red enchantment aura enchant creature. Enchanted creature has red tap discard a card to draw a card. 
I was really happy when I when I read the name of the card because for a second there I thought they were reprinting Possibility Storm, which I like, and then I realized that this was a totally different card that I didn't like at all. Oh, <laughs> this is this is basically filler. This is like this isn't twenty third pick. This is like take this because somebody else took the land pick. Um, I don't think it's I, that, that was my initial reaction until Mike pointed out something really important to me, and that Wait, was the fact can... that it enables inspired. With creatures that you don't want to attack with. But it's a common inspired enabler. I guess. For a red. I mean, it, it enables heroic, it enables inspired. I mean, it's never something you're going to pick early, but it'll make your deck more often than you're proud of. If you, <laughs> Yeah, but it's going to be so feel bad if you don't have a heroic or inspired guy to put this on to. It's just... If you don't I'd have rather those, just have a better guy. Well, then you can use it to draw one. Yeah. <laughs> But then you don't have this anymore, so it's already on stupid face. Well, you can use it to draw another one. Like, as a card by... You're having more than one of these in your deck? Wow, that's terrible. Well, no one else picked them. Well, clearly. Mike tell you what, card. You, you, run, you run the five or six Epiphany Storms, you could probably run, like, eight or nine. I promise you, you might get get that many in a draft. And see what it does you. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep casting them over and over on my Triton Fortune Hunter and laugh and laugh and laugh. Congratulations! I'm just gonna beat you to death with my Goblin Jetpack guy. <laughs> Are you sure you're gonna beat him to death with that? Because that's not really how that card works. <laughs> I'm using he's using a card I hate. I'm using a card he hates. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. But yeah, like in a nutshell, Epiphany Storm is using a creature that you already have and an enchantment, and discarding a card to draw a card. And that's pretty awful. But if you need to enable your inspired guys, or you're really hard up for a heroic spell, at least it only costs a red. Yeah. I mean, if this cost more than a red, it would be... Yeah. Oh, completely not even it, it gets looking even, at. Yeah. You could put I, it on your opponent's creature and see if they figure that out, though, because that'd be pretty funny. You could. <laughs> We should keep going. Yeah, let's yes. keep going. This, this so, card is not good. Moving we've, on. We've covered the um, fire breathing guy because we talked about that. We've covered the bio box promo, faded conflagration, burning nation. Uh, <laughs> have we, we we have not talked about the spell binder yet? We have not. He's cool. This guy's cool. He might even be a spirit binder. What? No. Mike, read it. The Felhide spirit binder. Um, costs a red and three for a three four rare minotaur shaman huh three four four and uh he also he has an inspired ability whenever the spirit binder becomes untapped you may pay one and a red if you do put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of another target creature except it's an enchantment in addition to its other types it gains haste exile it at the beginning of the next end step sweet so obvious Comparison is with Kiki Jiki, Mirror Breaker, yeah. because they both basic kind of tap or untap to. They both have, have the activate ability that allows you to get a copy of another creature. And <clears throat> this one is kind of like the fixed version to me. And as much as I love Kiki Jiki and I love using it in fair ways, there's, there's just too many ways to just break Kiki Jiki open. So for me, this is almost like how Kiki Jiki should be. And the big thing is both, first of all, it's a lot harder to trigger inspired than it is to just 
tap something. It just is. Um, and then second of all, with the mana requirement, it makes it a lot harder to abuse. And it's still really good. One of the obvious ways to, to do this is to just attack with this guy next turn, untap and make a copy of something really terrifying that yes, and keep doing that every turn. And either they have to kill the spirit binder and let the terrifying thing through, or they have to keep blocking the terrifying thing, and they just keep falling further and further behind. So, I mean, it's and you're not committing anything else to the board. It's pretty cool. I like it. Uh, and of course, if you got creatures that enters the battlefield effects, then it's awesome. I really want to do this with a guy with tribute, like copy a guy with tribute, and just watch them try and figure out what's the right play. <laughs> I want to use it to copy my opponent's legend and then hit them with it. I don't want much uh, yeah. in life, but that's something I want to do. Because Kiki Jiki can't copy legends, can he? Nope. It's true. Ah, Kiki Jiki sucks. Hit you with your own cat. <laughs> Catman do? Catman punch you in the face. That's what Catman do. Catman do mean Catman too. Yo, cat, I heard you like hitting cats with your cat, so I got you a cat with your cat. And I hate Brian. <laughs> I want a Kit Kat bar. I hate you, Brian. Give me a break. Break in your face. Okay, so what is on. what is the red um, pre-release promo? Is it the dragon? The yeah, okay. I was trying to remember that earlier. The next one we have not talked about is the Seder Nick Smith. Yeah. It just sounds weird. Hey Dirk, what's that do? So Seder Nick Smith is for two and a red, a Seder shaman. That's uncommon. It's a two-one. <laughs> what was that? That was healthy. <laughs> oh, that was oh okay. And it has something like actually died. Yeah. That's what happens whenever a shaman uncommon happens. <laughs> so uh, the Seder Nick Smith has haste and inspired. Whenever it becomes tapped, you may Untapped. pay two and a red. If you do, put a three-one red elemental enchantment creature token with haste onto the battlefield. I love that this guy has haste himself. So you can put him out there and attack if, as long as it's safe to do so. And then next turn. Just start making the three ones. It's pretty cool. I yeah. like it. And the elemental tokens don't go away at end of turn. So yeah, these aren't spark okay. elemental dudes. They're they're like the last couple of sets worth. Yeah. Yeah. Because creatures shouldn't have drawbacks. Ever. Ever. Nope. Did we cover searing blood last time? I feel like we did. Yeah. I think we did. We did. Because we talked about searing blaze. That art is not getting less creepy, by the way. No. Uh, you see a doctor. <laughs> so we, we talked about how we tried to guess the archetypes, and I, I didn't know what all the colors were going to be, but I knew one thing for certain, and that was that green was going to be trample, because anything else would be dumb. Could you imagine? Oh, you, didn't like, you didn't like the spiders idea? <laughs> well, maybe oh. the archetype of spiders. Reach, reach. But, but reach, you know, other things losing reach, that's just kind of weird. But hexproof, that's just... First of all, how many other things are you taking that from? And second of all, giving all your guys hexproof? Why that thing would have to cost like eight mana? At least. At least. Well, you're in luck. <laughs> For a limited time only? Now, how much would you pay? <laughs> For the low, low price of six and two green, Dirk should probably finish reading the card. <laughs> it's an enchantment creature board that's uncommon and is a six five. Creatures you control have hexproof. Creatures your opponents control lose hexproof and cannot have or gain hexproof. So that means if you play against another green deck, for the most part, 
Only your green stuff will get to keep X-proof. Like, what What are the important ones as far as, in recent memory, stuff that was X-proof? There's an entire deck built around it. I mean, you know, Geist is no longer in standard, you know, was, but Geist of St. Draft. Geist of St. Draft was big. Invisible Stalker. Invisible Stalker was Most big. Most of Hexproof has rotated, so... Well, if you, look at, if you look at EDH, because, you know, hey, this thing does cost eight, uh, the Earl the Miststalker Yeah, guy, that, was, that was the one that made me happiest, was you can now play your eight-cost dude and, like, Doomblade their Earl or something like that, and that... It's hilarious to me. Or you also just play this guy, and then now the only thing they can do to your guys is either Wrath or, well... Wrath, yeah. Or Wrath, yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah. There was the Dungrove Elder. Oh my god, I forgot all about him. Uh, uh, Lumberknock. Not. Not. Boot. Plated Slagworm. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... Simic Sky Swallower essentially had well, it didn't have hexproof, but yeah, trout. It had trout. Yeah, I yeah. like the way Dirk remembers everything in alphabetical order. No, I, no. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the list. Primal Hunty. Yes, we actually know that you're looking at the list. So yeah, the Wait, one that so you good? guys hate the most was Privileged Position. <sighs> no, the one I hate the most is still on a ledge walker. That's the one I hate the most. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's a giant boar friend, and what's going to be sad is when you drop your giant boar and your opponent drops their giant boar, and now no one's special. <laughs> now you're just playing yeah. fair magic. Oh, no more trolls. I do think it'd be really funny if you find some way to kill your opponent's archetype and make a bacon joke. Baconator. There you go. Okay, moving on. Yay. Hey, I've actually got to go. I've got something with work come up. It's not an emergency or anything, but um, I'm going to have to see to it. So I'm going to pick one card and talk about it, and the rest of you can bite my butt. Okay. And then it's going to be the Chromanticore? There you go. Chromanticore. It costs one of each color. And it's a enchant. It's not legendary. It's not legendary. I'll explain why in a second. <laughs> I don't think legendary would fit on the type line. That is why. Mike, explain okay. it less than a second. <laughs> All right. It's an enchantment creature. It's a manticore. It's mythic. It's a four four, uh, and it has bestow of two and a wooberg. Uh, flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, and lifelink. That's one ability for every color. See if you can figure out which one belongs to each color. But in the meantime. Enchanted creature gets plus four, plus four, and has flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, and lifelink. Bam. It's literally the everything bestow guy. It's both kind of creative and kind of like, yeah, okay, it's every ability. So, boom. <laughs> there you go. In development, its name was Flying Spaghetti Monster. Ah. Yep. <laughs> its name was uh, Flying Spaghetti Monster, and it was a 5-5, five, five, and it was originally bestow for a Wooberg, because that was how Bestow worked originally. Now, if you can imagine that existing. Jeez. Yeah. So anyway, I do have to go. I wanted to say thanks for having me on. And wait, wait a minute. I'm a host here, so never mind. Uh, You're welcome. But I hope everybody's doing well. I really like this set. Last time I was like, you know, I think I I like some of these cards. Now I am so glad I'm getting a box of this because I might be more excited about this than I was about Theros. There's just so much awesome stuff here. Um, And the gods and oh my god and all that good stuff and stuff and stuff you're going to talk about and stuff that's not even on here. It's all awesome. So yay. 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 All right.
Hopefully okay. this doesn't screw up your recording. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Everything is ruined. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> huh. Okay, then. So what's next? I was sort of relying on Brian. Is it the hero? Do we? Yes. Oh, that's right. I remember we talked about Fader Intervention, because someone yeah. was asking why they're enchantments. Okay. Right. Okay. So I don't right. know whose turn it is, so I'll just read it. The hero of Lena? 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 Lena. Yeah. Lena. Lena. Tower. I don't know who Lena Tower is. I wonder if she knows Nick Smith. <laughs> She's a 1-1 uh, a human warrior for a single green who is rare. And she has heroic, if you couldn't tell from the name. <laughs> when you cast a spell that targets her, you may pay X. If you do, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on her. Wow. That's, That's a really wow. cool heroic ability for a one-drop. That's that a really is... cool heroic ability. That's a you constructed know, level ability. I've been saying for the last several years that they have done a really good job of making like early drops matter in the late game. Mm-hmm. And this is yet another example of that. Yeah, because this ability is not an early game ability. No, not at all. And that makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, you can still play her early if you want it. And, you know, she's a body. Build her up to be a gigantic crushing machine. Like that. Well, what's going to be really great is when you attack with her on, like, turn five, and you've got two or three cards in your hand, and all your land are untapped, and then your <laughs> opponent's going, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> there are any number of things that could go badly, and they're all going to happen. Yeah, if he has a titan strength, I'm going to eat, like, 11 damage. <laughs> For the record... That damage is delicious. <laughs> delicious. So yeah, I mean, she, it's it's she it's really that dinosaur thing. Uh, it's really self-explanatory, but like there's so much. Like a giant growth is suddenly the most terrifying thing in the history of ever because that yeah. only costs one, and all the rest of your mana can pump. Buh. And then she's still that big when the giant growth wears off. I uh, know, right? <laughs> Those are counters. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty awesome. One thing I do have to say, as a as a proper name, Lena Tower just sounds like a porn star name. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mike, hey Mike, hey Mike. Yes. You cannot achieve greatness if its seed has not already been planted in your heart. Oh god. <laughs> 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 and thank you, Mike and Bill, for making the flavor text sound dirty. <laughs> Buh. Oh my. Greatness is a euphemism. Uh, let's <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> uh, somebody read this beast thing. Right. This thing is cool. The, the beast thing is a Nessian Demolock. Uh, for two green and three, you get a three-three uncommon beast with tribute three. Mm-hmm. And when he enters the battlefield, if the tribute wasn't paid, destroy target non-creature permanent. Ooh. And this the beauty of this is that, you know, that's an enters the battlefield ability. And your opponent has to make the tribute decision before he knows what you're going to pick as the target. Yeah. This is a lot like, because it's a five drop and everything, it's Mm -hmm. a lot like you're dropping your favorite turn five slime to destroy land or whatever. You're just Mm -hmm. giving them a choice that they just want to give you a six six instead. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, it will kill planeswalkers. It will kill land. It will kill all kinds of things. Most likely you're getting a six six. (laughs) What Mike just said is very important, everyone. Do not say Nessian Demolock targeting your whatever. Just cast the Nessian Demolock and look at him. Don't hint at anything. 
because you they don't have to know. You don't have to tell them until they decide. Yeah. I mean, it might be obvious, but it also might not be. It's also got extra fun value in, thing, in group games, because if there's something that really needs to be gotten rid of, you find the other person, the one who doesn't control that, and go, hey, I'll get rid of that. Can I have some counters? <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, huh. No, you don't get counters. Yay! It's dead. <laughs> uh, uh. Tribute's going to be a lot of fun in multiplayer. Yeah, it is. Ouch. All right, then. So... There's... What Fairs Band Raiders? Fa- mm-hmm. Fairies Band? Fa- Fairies Band Raiders? What? Is that right? Ferris, I think. Sure. Sure. <laughs> All right, so Ferris Band Raiders. For five and a green, we have Centaur Warriors that are uncommon in our five fives. Bam! Yeah. With Inspired, whenever the whenever Fairies Band Raiders becomes untapped, you may pay two and a green. If you do, put a 3-3 three, three green centaur enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. I make sure I said all that right. <laughs> yeah. Because when you say 3-3 three, three green centaur enchantment creature token. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PBR brings the centaurs. Oh my god, he is wow. PBR. Yes, it is. Son of a whore. <laughs> Somebody at Wizards is getting sna- uh, slapped for that. <laughs> As they should. Like, at this very moment. Someone yeah. finally realized. Uh... Meanwhile, in Renton, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Sorry about that guy, but you know what you did. You know what you did. Yeah, that's just good. Yeah, feel- feeling safe about attacking with a 5-5 five five is also a very easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he costs six, so you've probably got three mana available next turn. Probably. Oof. So yeah, three this... mana available, and you still got mana left for the next combat trick that gets him through. I know, right? The the one thing, and I I don't know if this has been asked yet or anything, but with Inspired, you can only trigger that once, correct? Right. Per well, untap. Whenever it unt- whenever it untaps, if you can find a, a different way to untap it, then you can also trigger it that way. Okay. Like, Cause I mean, it, it just, it didn't have, you know how the, there's the, the colons right after it, and that usually means you can only do it once. And anytime, like with activated abilities. Right, yeah, this isn't an activated ability. This is a triggered ability that has an optional cost in the middle of its resolution. Yeah. So like, you could do some nasty stuff with this guy and a springleaf drum without any shenanigans there. It'll be yeah. sweet. Fun times. I like it. Ooh, 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 can I read the next one? Can I read the next one? Yes. Because this card describes me perfectly, according to people, you know, that I work with. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. card is Raised by Wolves. I swear people at work, they think that I'm uncultured and a slob and not terribly intelligent, which I guess I'm not. you kind of maul that guy. Well, (laughs) and I guess I'm not because I've worked there for so long. You have to be an idiot to work there that long. Ha! Once they get to know you, they'll realize that. You're only just a slob. Those other things aren't true. Yeah, really. I'm a, I'm a highly cultured, very intelligent slob. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, just because you can't find the monocle doesn't mean you don't have one. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a top hat. Not really. Okay, so Raised by Wolves. Three and two green for an uncommon uh, enchant creature aura. Oh, it's uncommon. Yeah. When Raised by Wolves enters the battlefield, you get two... Two two green wolf creature tokens. That's mom and dad. And then uh, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each wolf you control. So there are some tribal, like, casual shenanigans that could make this freaking awesome. Or it's just plus two, plus two with two two twos that come along with it. 
at its bare minimum, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Like, give this guy a plus two, plus two, and get a two-two, and get a two-two. It's plus six for five mana if you've already got a dude on the board. So, yeah. And that's the important caveat. You don't put this in your pile of creatures that you have, but no. you can almost think of it like they're creatures when you're building your deck. Almost, almost but not quite. Yeah. And then if you have other wolves for any reason, well, that's just peachy. Yeah, it is. Are there any other wolves yet in this set? Not yet. I don't think. It'll be pretty neat if you have a second race by wolves, though. Oh, wow. But yeah, this... I wouldn't run more than two, but that'd be really sweet. I mean, this plays up on the uh, uh, Romulus and Remus. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. I was just about to say. For, for those of you out there who know the big differences between your Greek and Roman mythologies, you'll see Raised by Wolves and you'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> but they just didn't want to leave a story like this out. I mean, uh, a person being raised by wild creatures is is a type of story that shows up in a lot of different mythological um, and folklore traditions. Not just the Rhymeless and Remus story from Rome. Right. Hooray. Okay, then. Hmm. So, that's Race of Wolves. Uh, we did Sky Reaping. We did Unravel the Aether. We didn't talk terribly much about Chromanticore, but there's not terribly much to say. It's just awesome. Uh, yeah. If if you like Baneslayer Angel, you'll like this card. Yeah. I mean, just straight up as a creature, it's already amazing. The bestow is just mad gravy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real... Like, do not feel too greedy to play this on turn 5, because a 4-4 with those stats might kill someone before you see 7 mana anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, if, if you can if you can just straight up play it as a creature, go for it, because you'll probably just up and win. It's going to be a Sarah Angel on crack if you play it on time, mm-hmm. and you'll be gaining life and doing all this other cool stuff, and then, you know... It's pretty much a kill it or you die card. So yeah. it attacks, it blocks, it gains life, it kills things. Yay! Floor wax, dessert topping. <laughs> All right then. So oh, you can hit it with everything that hates any color, which is kind of funny given all the color hate they've been sort of sneaking in lately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> which is like the only thing that resembles a drawback about this card, other than it being Wooper. <laughs> wah wah. And if anyone, if your opponents are playing the 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 uh, archetypes, then you might run into some problems. <laughs> yeah, because right oh, now wow. two of them have been will be negated. Flying <laughs> a first strike. Damn. <laughs> hey, vigilance trample lifelink is still pretty useful. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> that works is really funny though. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is funny. That is so, it works for it. So I play my Chromanticore because I real rebuilt my Progenitalia deck, and I'm like, ha, and. Like, the next turn, Mike kind of looks over there and plays the blue archetype. And I'm like, damn it! And then, a couple turns later, uh, Dirk lays down the white archetype. I'm like, son of a... So then I attack Brian. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on, what's next? Uh, it's this enchantment, right? If I yeah, enlightenment. Yeah. You want me to read it? Sure. Go for if it. If I is enlightenment, for one... White and a blue. It's an orange enchantment that's uncommon. I've been doing a lot of uncommons today. Have you noticed that too? Like a lot. They've been giving us more uncommons than we normally get. Yeah, because usually we'd be getting a ton of rares, and then all the uncom- all the commons would be dropped on us and be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so like Epiphany Storm. <laughs> uh, it's an enchantment enchantment creature. 
when uh, Ifara's Enlightenment enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Enchanted Creature. Enchanted Creature creature has flying. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may return Ifora's Enlightenment to its owner's hand. Heroes for everyone. Yeah, this is this is something that um, my brother pointed out specifically as a card that he really liked when he was looking through the card image gallery. It's really cool. Well, I like it gives you the option that if you play it early to get an early lead, you can bounce it back to play it on something better as you continue to play. Mm-hmm. It does a lot of nice hero enabling. Um, the flying is not inconsequential. And just look at how tiny those scale birds are behind that statue. So I thought you guys were all being jerks, but no, I was muted. We're still jerks. But. <laughs> so this thing does so much for three mana. So for three mana, you can make a dude bigger and give him evasion for this turn. And then next turn, or even post-combat, you can play another guy, bounce this, and throw either another counter on that guy and give him evasion, or spread it out and put the counter and evasion on the new guy. And that's just with, like, vanilla creatures. When you throw heroic into it, this gets ridiculous fast. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's probably like the re- one of the reasons why it does have that return to owner's hand is that it al- it allows for that mechanism of heroic to take place. Yeah, and keep taking place. Because mm-hmm. what I've always said about heroic creatures is if you can get, a, like, two uses out of them, then you're way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, so, and with this... Damn. <laughs> like the guy who just makes dudes? Like, really? I can just keep making dudes? And stacking counters on it? Really? I can do that? <laughs> so yeah, I really like this card. I Oh I, yeah, because like... the dude token that he makes will put a far as enlightenment back in your hand. Yeah! Wow. Fun times. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's okay. And it counts towards devotion. Everybody wins. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> And stuff. Except for the person on the receiving end. Yeah, they, they don't care. He so wins a free ride on the pain train. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Did we do Karametra? No. No. Think so. So somebody reads Karametra. Because she has a cool Karam- name. Karametra, god of harvests, um, is the, is the green-white um, minor god. For three, a green and a white. Legendary enchantment creature god. Mythic, of course. And you get a six seven indestructible for your trouble. With the um, if your devotion in green and white is less than seven, she isn't a creature. But whenever you cast a creature spell, you may search your library for a forest or plains card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Jack actually on Monday Night Magic went so far as to say that this might be. Uh, not his new favorite commander, but his new favorite commander card. Like he said, this might replace Sharoom as my favorite commander card. Not commander itself, but a card to go in commander decks because this yeah. thing is stupid. Yeah, she is that good. It does everything he wants to do in commander, which is get a ton of mana and ignore your opponents trying to stop you. <laughs> Indestructible is significant, and occasionally she'll just beat things. Yeah. So it's it's fun times all around. Hmm. Yeah, like I know, I know it may look unwieldy that you know she costs five. It's going to be really difficult to trigger her the same turn cycle that you play her. But that's because it's a really, really powerful ability. 
like I saw some comments online about her being like a um, an Amara level disappointment, and I'm like, have you ever cast a creature spell before? Have you ever used lands before? Like, do you know what this card does for you <laughs> over the course of even just two turns? No, I only play no land lazy. and no creatures. Yeah, yeah. robots, <laughs> and that's um, all. You put your sixty pieces of cardboard down, you shuffle it, and then you walk away. Yeah, you're playing. You're playing. The only six, way to win. You're, you're playing sixty pickup is what you're doing. Yeah, is what you essentially. Yeah. Now, do I won that game, right? To, she needs you to cast a spell. You're not just getting this for all your tokens. But other than that, life is great. Yeah. Good time. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that is the one good thing is that it says you have to cast a creature because with all the tokens and it being in white. Holy moly, if it was said if, if whenever a creature under your, a creature you control enters the battlefield, if that, if it had said that, it would be, be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, Cause then like the dryhead arbors that would show up and you'd just be pissed. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so if I, rec- if I'm reading this right and if I'm remembering, cause I've been a little out of the loop the last month or two, um, if you are actually using a bestow creature, that's still going to trigger this, right? Um, that's a timing no. thing that I'm fuzzy on. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it, uh, a, a spell is cast like after you're done with the whole casting okay. process, including paying the cost and everything. And it stops being a creature part way through. Yeah. Yeah. The the bestow stopped being a creature card back when you chose back when you decided that you were going to cast it with the bestow cost. Right. Okay. Which, which is a choice that gets made around the same time as um modes and targets do. Bestow is one of the more complicated mechanics that I've seen float around, and even though I've been playing with it for like six months, it's still fuzzy sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, that's your god of the harvest. She's giant and lives on a tree. <laughs> that's like the biggest like hair salon you have ever seen. <laughs> it does look kind of look kind of like one of those hair dryer chairs, doesn't it? What would happen if Miyazaki designed a hair salon? It'd be great. Uh. And unfortunately, with this comment, it str- it reminds me of some of the things we used to see in Kamigawa Block. Oh, she does look a lot. Yeah, I agree. This is kind of like a new Kamigawa Block with all the legend themes and stuff. So that's neat. Except this block is way better. <laughs> like, I, I cannot describe how much better. So many ninjas. You just can't see them. All right, okay, moving on. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, next up is a Phoenix. Yes. I don't like this guy. Really? I think, I think he's neat. Uh, something like my initial reaction was, buh, and then I read him again, and the reaction didn't change. It's still, wait, I can hang on, think, calm, buh. So, but that's just me. Phoenix, God of Deception. For three, a blue and a black. It's the blue-black uh, legendary enchantment god creature thing, indestructible Devotion, blue and black, less than seven, not a creature. You know the drill. Tournament edition. Tournament edition. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do another one of those soon. Stupid previews. Uh, <laughs> creatures you control have. Tap. Target player puts the top X cards. Oh god. Target player mills the top X cards where X is this creature's toughness. Wow. Like, I'm that's glad actually... that they, they're, they're trying to make milling something that's feasible, but damn. It just seems a bit much. This is really good for milling. Well, what really just makes this really outrageous too is the the tap ability. 
Like, inspiration. Yeah, I, really, inspired. I really went... Oh, nice. Okay, that makes him a little better. But I really wish there was a mana cost on that. Like, even if it was just a colorless, I wish there was a mana cost on that. I get what you mean. It just seems like it's, you know, play this. I mean, it's kind of like dumping um, Memory Adaptation on the table and the decks that are playing it. Because it'll go down and they'll, you know, they'll have this thing sitting around indestructible. It doesn't matter if it's a creature or not. Um, they're probably playing some defenders or something to float it out there. But when they have two or three creatures, even if they're walls, then they tap them all, they mill for a bunch, and then they can Triton Tactics and pretty much kill you. Buh. Because you're going to get an extra 9 mil out of the bonus just from the Triton Tactics, and you get to tap them all again. And it'll be pretty neat. I am not looking forward to playing against this thing in Limited, but on the same note, it's I think mixed. it's a really cool card design, and I could see it, of all the cards in the set, that's the one I'm most likely to mess around with as a casual fun deck. Hmm. I mean, look at him. It's like Ra's al Ghul is flicking you off. It's awesome. Huh. Well, it totally is. I have to say, it is really weird to see something in a card's text box where just something like this, where the size of the effect is based off of a creature's toughness and doesn't have anything to do with life gain. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Yes, yes. Th- seeing the word toughness right there. He's for the Defender deck. Almost almost makes it clunky, even though there's nothing clunky about this, and it's has uh that's actually very good. Well for the most part looking at the the at least the black stuff, it's half and half where half the stuff has a big butt. Oh yeah. There's also the other half seems to have a really small butt. Yeah, I want toughness, yeah. So in that and blue You don't really have much Yeah, that's it's half and half again. Well, they got only their... six cards, and half of them have big butts, and half of them have small butts. Cannot lie. I mean, he's, say it. he does some neat stuff in limited if he needs to, but I think he might actually be a constructed card eventually. I mean, they just got back their um, nice wall in the core set. Five toughness up there. Get your instants and sorceries back. It'll be neat. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. At the very least, it'll be a fun card. It's... Way better than I sort of expected for someone who's just going, yeah, this is the mill god. So, you, you build around him, but he'll pay off. You know, it's too bad Ravnica didn't have a blue-black guild, because they would have really dug this. Yeah, that's a, that's a real downer for them. I, I did like how someone posted in uh, that episode's comments, they're like, hey, where'd you do Demir? I hate the, uh, I missed it. And I was like, huh. I didn't say that, you said that. Like, I guess you didn't listen to this episode, did you? Well, he didn't want to start because he was afraid that he missed a part. True. I just thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> it was. So for anyone that missed it, it's been long enough now. The uh, Ravnica wrap-up, or the old versus new wrap-up, actually has the Demir in it somewhere. Uh, if you uh, if you were present at the brainwash, um, the meeting, the meeting, then you, the you gathering, should be able to find if it. If you will. <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving on. We've still got more cards to do. Holy crap. Yay. So the Rage Monger. He, yeah. He mongs the rage. <laughs> like nobody's business. So mad, though. <laughs> for, uh, for one, a black and a red. He's an uncommon Minotaur Shaman. And he's a 2-3. Huh, he's a Herlewin Minotaur. <laughs> I wonder if they did that on purpose. I think that's... 
three toughness is minotaur sized. That's just something they they want to do. Hmm. Except for those random four ones that hit you real hard. Yeah, well, you know, I think they want I think they want the power and toughness of a minotaur to add up to at least five. I think that's what it is. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So Ragemonger, he says, Minotaur spells you cast cost a black and a red less to cast. This effect reduces only the amount of colored mana you pay. So it says, for example, if you cast a Minotaur spell with mana cost two and a red, this guy makes it only cost two colorless. So it doesn't, it's not like it, it removes a black and it removes a red, but there's no black so it removes a colorless. No, 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 no. It just removes colored mana and that's it. Yeah. So your Herloon Minotaur now only costs one and a red, and a two-three for one and a red is pretty good. Yeah. And people are going, what the hell is a Herloon Minotaur? <laughs> Herloon Minotaur used to be the face of magic. Yeah, think only, about that. Only because of the heart, though. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the heart and soul, but it was the face. Yeah, the heart and soul was, um, like, Morrow's underwear or something, I don't know. Magic's come a long way since then. We've learned a lot from our mistakes. <laughs> now we're making all new mistakes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he's a, uh, Edgewalker. Edgewalker. Yeah, Edgewalker back in, was that, was that Onslaught Block? No. Yeah. Edgewalker was Onslaught Block? Okay. Yeah, Edgewalker was printed in Scourge. Okay, yeah, Edgewalker, uh, was a cleric that reduced the casting cost of your clerics by a black and a white, because black and white were the colors of clerics back in that block. Mm-hmm. So, and I always thought it was a cool effect, but it was on clerics, so no one cared. And this is still a cool effect, but it's on Minotaur, so no one cares. That makes me sad. <laughs> oh. Dude, I've got a cleric deck that has Edgewalkers in it, and I didn't even care. <laughs> I really need to look through the last couple blocks worth of cards and see if there's anything to go in that deck. Ooh, there's a project. Anyway, so moving on. Pray. Somebody read the... Is it Reap What's Sown? Yeah. Yeah. Reap What is Sown, um, as opposed to what wasn't. For one, a green and a white, it's an uncommon oh. instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to three target creatures. Target a bunch of dudes, get encounters. counters, Everybody's happy. Yeah. Such a wondrous thing to happen mid-combat. Go, heroes, go! Yeah, this is freaking crazy with... um. Like, even with just two guys with heroic, you know, never mind the awesomeness of having all three heroics trigger and your dudes get bigger and whatever happens, you know. And a free t-shirt. No, that's later. That's later. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah, a really straightforward This, this card. targets them. Exactly. Now, you can't get the same guy twice, so don't try to do that. But other than that, life is great. Okay. Moving on. I don't know. I don't know what's left. Podium. Here's a card that I know oh, right. many people have wanted for years and years and years. Yeah. I just read a card. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, so Heroes Podium. It's fi- it's an artifact, so it's uh, five colorless mana, artif- uh, legendary artifact that's rare. Each legendary creature you control gets plus one, plus one for each other legendary creature you control for X and tap. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may reveal a legendary creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. You don't get to pick. And someone pointed out, right, like Captain Sisei EDH decks needed more help. Well, <laughs> Captain Sisei deck is all about getting more help. It's what she does every turn. It's awesome. Hey, you know what? 
I'm pretty sure this is going to go in my Avengers deck, because we're still doing that, by the way. We didn't Assemble. forget. Assemble. Exactly. This will be like the community cards, which they don't do anymore, but still. Assemble. <laughs> I like okay. putting them on the bottom in random order. Something different, of, though. Trying to think of why. So you can't make big mana and stack your deck. Oh, yeah, that would happen. <laughs> They've experienced this before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have. So yeah, yeah that's the same. That's the same reason why Cascade set a random order. That that's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so yeah, each legendary creature you control gets it for each other legendary creature. So count up all your legends minus one. That's how big everybody is, but just the legendary ones. Dirk was right. This is a better Kamigawa block. By a bit. <laughs> by by a fair margin. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. So now what? Now what? I mean, there's stuff from the articles and there's the tokens that people talked about earlier. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's go to the forums. Okay, the only things on the last page of the forums are the Astronomer and the Nyxborn. Oh, there's two more after that. Okay. Uh, good lord, that's freaking six... Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. So somebody read the Astronomer because I can't pronounce his name. Melitus Astronomer. Sure. One in a blue for a 1-3 human wizard uncommon. And he's heroic, so whenever a spell targets him... Look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal an enchantment card from among them and put it in your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So yeah, he digs for enchantments, and since that does count all of our creatures and gods and stuff, that's pretty sweet. Now, what you're going to want to target him with, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find something. Yeah. He lets you dig. He's pretty straightforward, honestly. He's a nice third creature to target when you have all these things to target two or three guys, so... Hmm. Okay then. He's just a straightforward guy. Yeah. yeah. I like you can how target because... him with one of the auras you picked up from his ability. Yeah, and yeah. I like how in the actual art, since he is an astronomer, he's essentially looking for those neat star borders on all of the enchantment creature cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's just looking at the frames, and he's like, "Oh yeah, there's one. Got it." Good times. Mm. Okay. So next up, we have a cycle of. Common bestow creatures. Well, yeah. no, there's only. Why are there only three? Well, that's that's because the Nyxborn Shield Mate, the Holy Strength one, we already saw. A while oh, ago. we did, didn't we? Okay, yeah, these are the new yeah. guys. So, so these these are pretty easy to knock out all in a circle. So the blue one is a Nyxborn Triton. He costs a blue and two for a two three, and he has a bestow of a blue and four. He gives plus two plus three. The Nyxborn Adalon is a black and one for a two one, who gives unholy strength, and his bestow is. A uh, black and four. The Nyx, the Nyxborn Rolliker. <laughs> it's a satyr, of course. Of course. It costs one red for a one one and a bestow of a red and one. So even though he's only giving plus one plus one, that's a really cheap bestow. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the Nyxborn Wolf, uh, for a green and two, he's a three one giving plus three plus one and his bestow is a green and four. That yeah, crazy so. Rolliker. So all of those are, you know, straightforward. I'm amazed that the uh, the Rolliker is so cheap. But for his plus one, plus one, and when he dies, you get a one, one. You know. Yeah. Seems good. It's a testament how much people value one power that he costs so much less than the Eidolon. The black one's like, plus two, plus one. How much is that worth? Three extra mana. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get a two, one creature or something. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also that to take into account. Mm-hmm. 
It's just neat. All right, so what? Two more? Two more. Right. Uh, the Oracle of Bones is freaking cool. Yeah. For two red red, he's a rare Minotaur Shaman. He has haste, and he's a 3-1. So he's a 3-1, hasty dude for four mana. He has tribute two. Huh. So he might be a 5-3 hasty dude for four mana. But if he's not, uh, when he enters the battlefield, if the tribute was not paid, you may cast an instant or sorcery from your hand without paying its mana cost. <laughs> yeah, this is an amazing red bluff card. Yeah. Okay, yeah, when you're thinking about paying the tribute, it's like, okay, I could just have a, you know, 5-3 with hay swinging at me right now. Or there could be a 3-1 and nothing really happens. Or there could be a 3-1 and something terrible happens to me. It's when you look at your opponent and you're like, do you have a cruel ultimatum? <laughs> do I think you have a cruel ultimatum? How many cards are in your hand? Two cruel I ultimatums? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things where in limited, you're going to probably just roll the dice and make them have the 3-1. But everywhere else, if you ever see this card, you're going to be like, yeah, <laughs> have fun with your 5-3. <laughs> you're not going to run that in a deck that doesn't have overcost sorceries. <laughs> So cool. Yeah I, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it's my favorite. Who said? Somebody down here said it was their favorite uh, tribute guy. Oh, um, Mike Okuhara says it's his favorite um, tribute creature thus far. And I, I got to go with him. It's pretty awesome. I think it's one of the best uses of the design space. It's just straight up. It's big and it's awesome because it has haste, so it's like an immediate problem, or it's an immediate problem. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> <laughs> so what Red wants to do for four mana is cause an immediate problem. Yeah. So, Dirk, speaking of immediate problems, you should probably read this last card. What page are you guys on? Oh, I'm sorry, we're in the forums. Page six. Alright, can you send me the link real quick? Yep. Because I was looking under the the Born of the Gods release notes, and there's a lot of cards there that I haven't seen. Oh, they did the release notes today. Mm-hmm. I have not read anything on the Wizards website today. I was I was literally working nonstop today, and I had to stay late too. Boo! What are release notes? Oh, you're right. Oh man, that that would take forever to go through. Those are the things where they yeah. give you all Freaking the special fact. rulings on every card. Yeah, oh. I came out early. So the hunter's uh, hunter's prowl prowess. Yeah. All right. For four and a green, it's a rare sorcery. Until end of turn, target creature gets plus three plus three and gains trample. And for just for a dollar more, (laughs) whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw that many cards. Yeah. And she's leaping off what looks to be a creature like a dragon or something. With a sword and a shield, like she's getting ready to go, kapow! Holt smash! This. And then draw a bunch of cards. Yeah. <laughs> and then do a little dance. I would gladly pay five mana for this on a 1 1. Like, and, and, and love every minute of it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's great. That's an incredible ability for it to get plus three, plus three trample, and draw cards equal to the damage you dealt. To the player? Yeah, to the player. Well, that's the thing, is that the trample makes it so that even if they block it with yeah. a creature, you could still end up drawing cards. Yeah. So this this is pretty awesome. 
Scott just came around the corner, turned and looked at my computer screen and made a face at what what the hell is that position? Is that is, is that something from Tai Chi? Like what is that? It's either getting hit in the back or it's <laughs> doing a Sega Genesis level jump kick. Like I can't, I can't tell if she's jumping away from those spines because that's the position her legs are in, or if she's jumping towards to stab, because that's the position her upper body's in. It's an iron fist kick. <laughs> Backwards. She's jumping over the spines to get at something else. Ah, she's jumping over the spines to get at something else, Mike said. Huh. Or there's something else going on, because apparently she's one of the warriors of Lena Tower. <laughs> Clearly. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> To be counted among the warriors of Satessa's Lena Tower, you must not fear death, only failure. <laughs> so what we're saying is, that is a jump that fears failure. <laughs> uh, okay, enough of that. I think she's actually giving herself a haircut in mid-jump, too. There you go. That makes sense. Because oh. somebody was taking up the entire salon with her giant god butt. <laughs> uh, you guys want to take a quick glance at the tokens sure because the fact has way too many yeah i was just skimming over yeah, and there's, that's there's a note there's a note at the top of the fact that says it was accidentally released early but they decided to keep it up to so people wouldn't be confused okay okay all right then so we'll pretend that's not there then so um we talked about the airy worshippers earlier there's the enchantment, uh, enchantment bird which is really pretty this is like a hawk, because it's like a tutu, so it could punch people. There's also His a white... are full of stars. <laughs> My god. <laughs> uh, there's also a, like, a dove, smaller one, that's non-enchantment. Uh, one, one bird that's white. So, you know, because, you know, those crazy Greeks, they loved them some, some birds. I like John Woo, man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Did you just make a John Woo dove joke? <laughs> really? Nope. I love I you. It. it happened. <laughs> oh, there's the Catman 2. With vigilance. With the Catman do. Vigilant kitty. He does not look like a very, like, quick, like, gonna hurt you cat soldier, but I guess he's older and has vigilance, so he's gonna stand there and, and be all strategic. He's all like, you come over here. Yeah, he is just a 1-1 cat soldier. I mean, most of their cat tokens I can think of are 2-2s, two aren't they? That's a good point. I like to think that he's actually hiding behind Brimaz, so that when the right moment happens, be it attacking or blocking, he's just, like, there. He just takes a step and is like, "Ha <laughs> Now I am also attacking vigilantly. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, uh, the the centaur with like ra- uh, not ra- with like gruel paint all over it. Yeah, he he mm-hmm. fell into some algae or something. No, I mean he's got like the like the gruel stuff painted on his flank and on his arm. Oh, and the war paint stuff. Yeah. yeah, it look it looks like. You know, some gruel planeswalker wandered over and graffitied him while he was asleep. <laughs> Check this <laughs> out, you guys. This is gonna be awesome. Oh, I'm the only, I'm the only planeswalker, and I'm talking to myself. I'm going back home. See, what you don't realize is that that's what Zendigos had to do to become a god. <laughs> he just had to totally graffiti up every centaur he could find. <laughs> no one had ever tried it, which is why no one had ever attained godhood before. <laughs> uh, there's the awesome. Fire elemental thing that our buddy Nick Smith makes. I wish yeah. I knew someone named Nick Smith. I would totally just send them like six copies of this card mm-hmm. for no reason. They don't even play Magic. But I don't know a Nick Smith. If you know a Nick Smith, for God's sake, give him a copy of this card. 
He'll appreciate it. Yeah, uh, he probably won't, but uh, it's still funny to me. So. And if you know He'll Alina Tower, it. by all means, <laughs> send me her website. I mean, uh... <laughs> yeah, I also really like the actual art is depicting him crawling out of the forge, given he just was made in the forge. Yeah. Nice. nice continuity. And Greg Staples did both arts, so that helps. Yeah. When he's not founding giant office supply chains, Greg Staples is drawing firemen. That was easy. Meanwhile, the Kraken! Yeah, Kiora gets two things. Kiora gets an emblem and a Kraken token. Yep. Yeah, and of course, the emblem... The I, I feel bad for the Planeswalkers, because they always look like they're stuck. Like, she is stuck. <laughs> she's like... Eh. And she's trying to conjure up some butter, you know, to get her out. <laughs> she's like, come on, I'm from the sea... <laughs> Seafood is the world's premier butter delivery system. Get me out of here. <laughs> Kiora covered in butter. <laughs> Not like... quite as good as Chandra covered in olive oil, but close. Working on it. Working on it. I mean, she might come with hush puppies. We don't know, man. We just don't know. Hush puppies. Um, but yeah, her, her Kraken token, like the foreground is a hump. Like, you know, you've seen the quote-unquote pictures of the Loch Ness Monster or Sea Serpents. It always has humps where it's undulating in and out of the water. Mm-hmm. Well, the foreground is a hump, and then way off in the background, and you can tell it's way off in the background because it's lighter and sort of like there's fog in between us. Yeah. This thing is destroying a ship. That is a scale boat. <laughs> you can tell how big this thing is by the size of that boat. It is completely destroying. It's wonderful. My and ship is getting guy. broken. He's got if a boat, this point, man. If you get to this point, you're seeing those things every turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, moving on, moving on. The uh, enchantment soldiers that the uh, the god-favored general makes, they're suitably badass. Yeah. Is it, what is that he's wearing? Is it like a... That's not a scarf, because it's connected at the end. I don't know. It's some kind of tunic or whatever. It's a commemorative tote bag. I don't know. <laughs> it's a man purse. <laughs> He's wearing a skirt and a man purse, and yet he's got a spear that he will shove through your freaking eye. Well, I'm not going to question it. <laughs> Dude, I want a skirt and a man purse. Well, just the man purse, actually. I don't get a little, just a skirt and man purse. Get a little drafty. Anyway. Um, There's like, a wolf for you to be raised by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also suitably badass. It's bearing teeth and looking directly at you. Yeah. So that's not scary at all. <sighs> Meanwhile, in the world of actually scary. Oh my god, they are zombie children. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be replacing all of my zombie tutus in any deck with that. Enchantment creature be damned. That's just scary. Oh my god, that is so... Buh. It, it reminds me of the movie Zardoz, and that's creepy as hell. <laughs> Sean Connery in it? Yeah, wearing a fruit roll-up. <laughs> Huh. See, Mike, this is what Robas would refer to as the children. <laughs> uh, oh, man. No! Anyway. And then there's a gold token. Yep. Because some sort of something makes gold artifacts that you can sack to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Somebody went all Midas on us. Yeah. Oh. Thanks to the power of the FAQ, we can look up who makes gold tokens. Thanks, FAQ. <laughs> Well, how about that? Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and read that one because it's neat and applies to context. Yeah. So, Guild is three and a black for a rare sorcery. Exile target creature. Put a colorless artifact named gold onto the battlefield. It has sacrificed this artifact. 
add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So yeah, you're just turning things into gold. And there's a picture of uh, a Pegasus that's been completely turned to gold on it. That's, that's cool. That's pretty sweet because it exiles the creature. <laughs> and it, so it's, you know, god control, but it flavorfully, that's wow. awesome. I don't know. You'd think it would you would give you more mana depending on the size of the creature because I'm pretty sure like a gold Kithkin is not going to be worth as much as a gold Kraken. Yeah, and on the plus side, just to clarify, <laughs> you're the one who gets the gold token, not the person who controlled the creature. Yeah, I was just noticing that right now, which is like, crazy. <laughs> if if this card was designed, I don't know, nine or ten years ago, it would give the controller the gold, the gold token, but nope, not today. Nope. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn your ass into gold, and then I'm going to spend you to make something else. Mm. That's just sweet. Yeah. Okay. Enough of that, or else we're going to start talking about all these cards, and we're going to Correct. never yeah. stop. So, um, final thoughts. We're going to let Dirk go first, because Dirk is already asleep. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, final thought for me. So, something I noticed on Facebook is that I love Star Wars. I have, you I have noticed been a that Star Wars fan for a very long time. And the thing I noticed was that because George Lucas gave Lucas Films over to Disney, Disney has, because they're going to make uh, three additional movies, in order to make the movies flow so it opens up stories and, and everything and possibilities, which the ex- extended universe or expanded universe kind of constrains, they are essentially putting the hacksaw to the expanded, extended universe. And so all of the great and wonderful and awesome characters and the merchandise and all that stuff that made, you know, the story, the continued story that so many wonderful people contributed might get the axe. For example, my favorite character of all time in terms of the Star Wars universe is Grand Admiral Thrawn. They did not decanonize Thrawn. received the axe. They've decanonized everything that is in the movie. Right. Wow, I don't believe they gave Thrawn the axe. Bearing wow. in mind, they had like six levels of canon before. Well, true. Still. I mean, I, I understand them. why they're doing is it, it, because, again, if you're trying to keep in the expanded universe, in the story, so that it doesn't stomp all over that, it's very difficult, so... By going in and saying, yeah, all that stuff doesn't matter, it's not canon anymore, it opens them up to, you know, do something with it. Although I'm, I'm fairly concerned because J.J. Abrams is the one who's going to be making the movie with reference to it, but. <laughs> now, it's not like they're 1984ing and, you know, erasing from existence all these great stories. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one thing. It's just from the official standpoint. You know, it's like, um, Let's say they ban Bloodbraid Elf in Modern. Whoops, they did. All of us casual players can still play with Bloodbraid Elf all we want. You know, it's 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 not that they're just making it to where it doesn't exist anymore. It's just uh, you can't officially the, you can't do it. <laughs> and I had this discussion with one of the guys from from school because he's a, a com- he's a DC comic book person, and he asked me about that. And I'm. I mean, you still have all the stuff. You can still, you know, people can still say, well, you know, I still follow and I think this great and you can read it and, and talk about it. But the problem is, is that because it's no longer considered canon, that means that that universe is now going to be stagnant. That there will be no new materials coming out because it doesn't matter. It doesn't fit in the official storyline anymore. Hmm. 
Which, which again, the, his take was the whole Superman. One of the Superman storylines is that he thought it was the greatest run was the action, the the very first uh, action detective or whatever was the how to deal with Superman. I don't remember action what it comics. was because I'm Superman's not my thing, but um, but the, he he really enjoyed it. But the, again, the problem is is that when you say the the official story no longer follows that arc. Now you can't go anywhere with it because no one wants to touch it. It's, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's made up in somebody's head. You're not going to go and be like, well, I'm going to expand on this story when it doesn't matter anymore. Now, Admittedly, if you know, your friend's a DC comic fan, he's probably been through this so many times oh, yeah. that he's built up a resistance to retcon hurt. Now, but, it is, it is possible that someone will some author out there will still like the story enough to write a follow-up because just because it's no longer canon it doesn't mean that people won't do it it just increases the likelihood that they won't do it well it's well, sort of if, like if they're if they're still allowed to i know lucasfilm kept it eventually uh started to keep a pretty tight hold on what people could write and contribute really you know in the for the for the first um like they couldn't touch two. anything for the first decade or two. It was the Wild West out there, and you had a bunch, all kinds of dumb stuff being written. Yeah, I read some of it, unfortunately. But uh, but after a while, they they kind of cracked down, and they would review very closely, um, you know, what people presented to to write hmm. and, and contribute to the expanded universe. They developed the concept of brand identity <laughs> and decided to save it. Mm-hmm. But that's my final thought is. It, I understand why they're doing it, but at the same time, it makes me very, very sad because, again, all those great stories, all the, all the twists and turns and all the, the people that you love and you just were like, you know, always doing looks and seeing what happens to them and their stories, essentially it doesn't matter anymore. As someone who didn't read the books, did most of the characters and storylines that have been introduced by them get some kind of closure? Or are you just getting cut off like mid-arc? For the most part, a lot of people, well, the, the main characters in the trilogy, Chewbacca gets, you know, his story gets closed. Yeah, yeah I know about did. that. Because <laughs> he dies. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, wait, it doesn't matter anymore, so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, essentially everybody else, you know that they die because there's the legacy era comes out and everybody's dead and, and has had kids and everything. But prior to that, as far as I know, uh, Luke and Le- Luke dies at some point. I don't know how he dies. Leia, nothing is said. Han, nothing is said about them. And the robots, R2-D2 shows up in, in the uh, legacy era. So he's still around. C-3PO, I have no idea what happened to him. He's a butler somewhere, probably. Fun to Hopefully death. someone disassembled him and nobody put him back together. Yeah. <laughs> he was at Y2K compliant. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. Uh, but yeah. Yep. So, that's but that's Star my Wars. thought. Word. Well, then well, I, that, guess I actually Mike? have to run myself, so. Bye, Dirk. All right, Bye, Dirk. Have a good night, guys. Thank you all those listeners for listening and... You guys have a wonderful night and continue enjoying this wonderful crew left. Yay. And then there were three. <laughs> so, Mike? Um, I have the feeling there was something earlier that I was thinking about, talking about, but I don't know what it was. I don't know. Oh, maybe I do. Yeah. Um, 
Brian was saying earlier that at first he was like, oh, there are some pretty, there's some, there are a few interesting cards in the set. And then later he was like, wow, I really, really like this set. And he said he was glad he was getting a box, you know. Randy, last time I was at, um, Lucky's, Randy tried to sell me, uh, a box at a pre-order price. I'm like, no, I'll think about it. Cause the last time I bought a box, it was a box of Dragon's Maze with just a bunch of, it, it, it was a box full of, Garbage. That box of Dragon's Maze was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, it was <laughs> a box of Dragon Mage. So, <laughs> so, so I didn't get a box of Theros. I didn't feel too bad about that. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, uh, now I'm having second thoughts <laughs> about whether or not I'd, I will continue to stop buying boxes, but we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. I feel yeah, like that's... I just don't play often enough to warrant buying cards, <clears throat> period, except the pre-releases and stuff. I'm in one of those phases again. Hmm, we'll have to work on that. Yeah. Alright, that's it. Word, what you got, Bill? Um, mine's actually kind of similar to what Mike was describing, because I came into Magic in the Time Spiral block, so I was playing, like, I didn't really start playing heavily until, like, Shadow Moorish, but since then, I've been pretty heavily invested in most of the sets. Like, I sort of got eye-rolly during, um, Scars of Mirrodin, it just didn't do much for me. But then when Innistrad popped up, I was heavy in again, and like that was when I started doing Magic Online and drafting like crazy and having a lot of fun with it. And I've sort of reached the point now where I think it's not that I'm going to take a break from Magic or anything. I'm still interested, and I still play, and I'll still do pre-releases and stuff, but I, re- I sort of realized that I haven't been to F&M in like two or three months, and it hasn't really been bugging me that much. It could just be format fatigue, because I played a bit of it early on, but I think a lot of players just go through... Those cycles where they're really into it for a while and then, you know, given a few months, you're like, um, I don't really need to go this week. And you just sort of fade back on it. But mm. I don't know. I'm glad a new set's coming out because it might give me a, a kick again. But I honestly think last year what it was is that I was really, really into Gate Crash because I liked it and I got to play like my Boros Norris Hop decks and all that. And then when Dragon's Maze came out, it wasn't that great. But Modern Masters came out really soon after that. So I was like, yeah, Modern Masters is great. And then the, you know, like three drafts later, the world is out of Modern Masters. And <laughs> so then I played, um, like M14 and I didn't really care much for M14. Um, I know a lot of people really liked it, but I sort of saw it as a heavily solved format very quickly. So I just sort of got bored drafting it. And then by the time Theros came around, I'm like, I've already played four magic sets this year. <laughs> and then I got a little bit into Theros, had some fun for a bit and sort of got tired there. And now I think it's just between all the special sets that have come out and all of the special items and everything else, I'm just sort of like, oh, magic. You're my friend, and you took, you gave me a little bit of a break, but I am not going to be buying a box of this set, even though it looks really cool. <laughs> I will probably go to the pre-release and arbitrarily pick a team and play for my team, and then go to the launch party because they're giving me like more random fight-the-whatever cards. And it's then Minotaurs. Minotaurs this time. And then after that, I'll probably go to like an FNM or something and then ease up for a little bit and get most of my magic through things like listening to the podcast. So fun times. And I'll still be messing around on Twitter and all of that. But oof, they've just been hitting us with too much for me to keep up with lately. So do you think like we complain because oh my god previews again oh my god previews again oh my god previews again do you think that they've they're running the risk of oversaturating us I mean obviously they have you and 
I mean, we complain about having to do previews all the time, even when they're really cool. I'm like, oh, it's previews again, damn it, because we have so many things we want to do. Do you think they're actually, I don't um, know, starting to push us a little too hard? I think they're trying to find what the carrying capacity for the current fan base is. And I think when we were getting previews for, like, Modern Masters, which weren't really previews, but it was neat to find out about, and then a little bit later we were getting previews for the Commander cards, which again weren't really contributing to Standard, you're getting previews for all these other things that you can invest your money into outside of the stuff that you can play with in a tournament. Mm-hmm. And that just sort of started adding up after a while. Like, I spent the same amount of money on Magic that I normally would last year, but a lot of it was spread out over things I couldn't even use in tournaments. And I think after a while, I'm just like, I don't have enough of anything. I'm going to play Mono White, because nobody cares about these cards. Uh. And I had fun with it, but now I'm just sort of tired. I think they're they haven't hit their capacity yet, or maybe they'd ease up. But I do think that they're throwing out a lot more special products and... All of the current strategy on pre-releases is to make people go to five if they want to do everything. And I'm certainly not doing that, but I've seen people do it. And they're obviously making hand over fist because they keep doing it. But yeah, I'm the, just the, tired myself. Yeah, it's 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 the special products that have that big effect on the, on the news cycle that makes it seem like there's just constantly... There's always something else. I mean, and that's exciting. There's always something new. But after a while, it turns into, and there's always something else. You know, there's a, you know, dual decks, um, from the vault, commander, now, uh, something else in the summer, you know, every single year, in addition to the normal, um, expansion and core set cycle. And now the core, core sets for the past several years have been one every year instead of one every two years. And they have new um, cards and. Yeah, and they also have all new cards and there is a lot of, there is a lot more new stuff every single year, and that does make it more difficult to keep track of in general. Hmm. You know, like there was a time where you could, you know, you could show me the art from literally any card in the game, and I'll tell you, you know, name, mana cost, rules text, maybe even the flavor text sometimes. But that was a long time ago because every year there is more and more and more and more and more, and more new stuff each year than there ever used to be. In, in, in a given year of the game. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But I mean, there's plenty of new and interesting stuff to play with, but newness can get exhausting after a while. Yeah. I think it's something where if I weren't as <clears throat> involved in the Magic community on Twitter and podcasts and all of that stuff, and I just sort of wandered away for a few months, I'd be like, oh, a new set, and then I'd sit down and I'd play it. But mm-hmm. when you hear about everything new, all of it, and you're surrounded by all of it, then after a while, just like, oh, look, it's another thing. It's like, I don't even get that excited when I see Planeswalkers anymore, because they're in every single set, and that used to theoretically not be the case. Mm. Yeah. We were young then. But yeah, I'm still enjoying the game, and obviously you can just ignore the stuff that doesn't matter to you and get by just fine, but the information overload just sort of taxes after a while. Yeah, like, for the purposes of, of this show... Every new thing that comes out is equal to every other new thing that comes out. Like, we're going to cover Commander and the Dual Decks and the Modern Masters and the new sets pretty much the same. I mean, some of them appear longer into the conversation, you know, episodes later, mostly new sets, uh, last longer than other stuff. But we're still going to talk about all that other stuff and give it the same amount of attention when it's shown as that. So, like, as far as the purposes of this show, yeah, that's that's why I complain about the previews. Sure, it doesn't really matter like in like the tournament scene and all that. So 
It's not really new stuff there, but to us, it's still new stuff that we have to talk about. Hmm. That's a good segue. Speaking of new stuff that we have to talk about. <laughs> uh, preview time. Wait. Uh, yes. This, this actually is a preview. On Twitter and Facebook and the forums and I guess now on the show. Uh, and Monday Night Magic. I actually mentioned it there, too. Uh, after six years of doing this show, now we're in our seventh year. And seven is the lucky number. And really, it's been too long. And for literally years, people have wanted us to produce things. Uh, like stuff that they can have. And, and so I'm finally working on doing that. Uh, so what would, if time and money were no, no, uh, uh concern, Within reason, someone was like a signed set of dual lands for each listener. Yeah, all of you can bite me. <laughs> but uh, like within reason, if time and money weren't an issue, what would you guys want? Like I've heard uh, sleeves and tokens and play mats and stuff like that, and you know T-shirts and whatever and host bobbleheads. No, Professor J, I'm not going to make host bobbleheads unless we blow up and become like a major business. Um, there will not be any host bubble hits. Sorry. Not quite up to used car salesman level just yet. Exactly. You know, we are not Chumley from Pawn Stars. Speaking of which, have you guys noticed that, like, the History Channel has just turned into, like, the Pawn Stars marathon? Like, all the time? I'm willing to believe you. It's it's awful. <clears throat> but anyway. Um, but there's so much history and all that old crap people bring to the shop. <laughs> that there is. <laughs> and then you haggle about the price and then somebody's happy. Check out these two random packs of magic. Let's make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, uh, so right. Again, if time and money weren't an issue, what would you guys want? Not just merchandise, but like stuff. Like non-podcast stuff. You know, back when I was unemployed and had almost unlimited free time, there was all kinds of content going up on the website. You know, the, uh, uh, the magic horoscopes. And the, uh, let's see, features, features, here we go. The Mythic Consultations and, and all of that, which Mike and I used to take great pleasure in writing, and then we just stopped. Like, we, we hit a wall on one, or we ran out of time, and we've never picked it back up. It's not that we hit a wall. We had got some good writing done. We just ran out of time. Like you were saying, back when you had time, we could do that stuff. Yeah. But now that you have no time, there's no time for us to get together and work on things. And, and when we do get together... We don't want to work. We want to sit around and goof off and play games and stuff. Yeah. Because it's fairly rare now, and that sucks. But <clears throat> but if time and money weren't an issue, what would you guys want to see? And I'm talking within reason. You know, I'm not going to come to your house, but <laughs> uh, there's... <laughs> Unless you live, like, in Winston. <laughs> yeah, and even then, I'm not going to come to your house. I'll meet you somewhere. But <laughs> On a scale of one to hot, where would you rate your sister? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The answer will affect whether or not Chewie comes to your house. Well, the answer will affect how many speed limits I break to get there. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I choked and died. But yeah, there's uh, there's articles. There's all these features. There's Mad Libs, which I need to get Brian to send me a bunch of those Mad Libs so I can start getting them up on the site again. There, There's any number of things we could do people are requesting video stuff streaming just whatever let us know uh send us an email or go to the forums cardchart.freeforums.org or go to the facebook group it's facebook.com slash the mana pool uh send me a tweet i've been favoriting everything that uh 
has a good idea so that I can, you know, find it later. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to go back and find old tweets. It is not possible. It is really hard. <laughs> but, okay, it is it is possible, but it's not probable. No, you're not doing so, that. <laughs> um, you know, let us know what you want us to do. Like, do you want, uh, uh, like, Mike and I to play some dual decks with a camera over it or something? You know, do you want us to uh, do more, like, 60-card challenge? You remember that? You remember that? <laughs> uh, more deck box articles? You know, more of the... Magic horoscopes? We're, I'm doing that, so that's not even a question. But uh, Still I had this grand plan for the magic horoscopes, and it was so epic in scope that I could not get it off the ground once I got a job. It was awesome. It was awesome. I commissioned some completely badass art from Jars. Jars, if you're listening, I still need uh, the redo of Spike. I don't think you ever sent it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, four years later. Four years later, yeah. Just call him out like that, man. It wasn't four, it's... Oh, God, it is four. No, it's only, like, three. Shut up. <laughs> um, Jars, I love you, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also merchandise. Like, I've heard, uh, like I said, sleeves and deck boxes and tokens and play mats and stuff. What would you guys want? Now, keep in mind, you have to be reasonable... Sorry, Professor J, about the bobbleheads, but uh, let me know somewhere, because I have amazing plans, and I'm really wanting the sev- our seventh year to be our, our, our big year. And <laughs> Scott's standing behind me with the fight to power stance. Scott is awesome. Uh, and you never know, I might be, like, there's all kinds of stuff, anything, really. Like, do you want to get a chance to, like, come and play magic with us? A day with the dorks. We'll do lunch, we'll do dinner, we'll do magic, it'll be amazing. You might even uh, get to have Dirk's kids trample you. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there are big announcements coming in the future, provided the math works out. And uh, so I need this. We have to start planning. We are planning, but we need more input. More data is is better data. So let us know uh, stuff you want and things you want us to do. And uh, you want me to slap Scott with a fish and put it on YouTube? Scott, do we have fish? We can get... <laughs> that man knows how to make mana. Good yeah, answer. Yeah, he does. So, yeah. Get 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 at me, dog. Like, I'm being serious. Send us some sort of correspondence. I don't care what it is. The freaking messenger pigeon. As long as it doesn't crap in my living room, it can crap, like, on the kitchen floor, because that's, that's easily cleanable. That's an yeah. adolium. Yeah, see? But anyway... <laughs> That's that's my final thought. We need more data. What you guys want, and and you know, give us some design ideas. Even, you know, uh, do you want like would you would you wear a hoodie? Would you wear a mana pool hoodie? If so, would you rather have pullover or zip up? You know, I need more data. <laughs> what color shirt you want? I figure Magic players we want black shirts. So, <laughs> you know, let us know. Let us know. I need all the data. So with that, thank you, Bill, for joining us. No problem. Uh, it was previews, so we had to have a bill on at some point. It does happen. And this is the last week of previews, right? For a small set, yeah. Yeah, so next week we'll have the full set, and then next weekend is the pre-release. Yep. Okay, yeah. so next week we will look at the rest of the set. Anything we missed? Anything they didn't show us yet? Uh, the freaking FAQ, oh my god. And we will, yeah, we'll be back, as always. Because I'm planning on doing six more years, damn it. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> And and this this has always been a labor of love, and and I love doing it, and I, I love giving you guys stuff, 
and 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 I love all of you listeners. I say this periodically. I get all mushy, but there would be absolutely no reason for us to record this and put it up and go through all the hell that uh, is involved with with recording and posting and editing and all the technical difficulties over the years, all the bad stuff we talked about in episode three hundred. Yeah, that was enough to make most people stop podcasting. And in fact, since most magic podcasts stop, that's that's factual. <laughs> but because of you guys out there listening to us and getting uh, back to us and all of that, we are still here and you're still here and we love you for it. And we said back then, uh, you know, eight, nine episodes ago, this is 309, so we said nine episodes ago, it's entirely possible that I wouldn't even have contact with these dorks anymore other than, you know, hey, what's up, man? And that's it. And that makes me sad. So thank you guys for, for no other reason than keeping my friends uh, close and my enemies closer. Hey. <laughs> thank you, Bill. <laughs> I was hoping you'd pick up on that. But, yeah. So I'm going to stop being mushy now. But let us know what you want. We have big things planned. Big, big, big things planned. And we're going to need your help. And that's all I'm going to say for the moment. Because... <laughs> Mike's going to come over tomorrow. We're going to make the math work. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey there, right, Mike. I guess they get paid. Oh, jam, sucker. Yeah, you make that math. <laughs> no, sh- 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 shut up. Shut up. I mean, you Time make stand, that Mike. Math. I got to cut that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's it. So this has been episode 309 of the Mana Pool. You can find us in all those places I just mentioned and more. Probably. I forgot all the ones I mentioned. But uh, thank you all. So very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.